footy and frothies, round 7, 2022. Barney Gump, Ollie and me, all with you. It's been a long a long couple of days, but uh, we're back. We're uh, going to run through all the highlights of round 7, some of the news and plenty of going on in the rugby league world. How was the long weekend, Barney? Yeah, pretty quiet actually. Old man's birthday on Anzac Day, it was, as it is every other year as well. So <laughs> got together with the family, which was nice, and um, yeah, yeah, had a pretty quiet one. Other than that, to be honest, Any, anybody else? No, I worked, so it was worked. good. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you, no, nice and quiet. Just watched the footy and did a few things with the kids and mowed the lawn and did that kind of stuff over fantastic. the weekend. But you know, nothing, nothing too exciting. Oliver no. worked as well. Wow, that, that's so cool. it. That's anyway. There was some good footy that's on. It. That's, that's not uh, depress everybody. It's bad enough. If, uh, we have to live this life. Um, <laughs> now we've got um, any news, Ollie? You, I sent you in charge of the news this week because well, I guess there's only really two in terms of proper news topics that aren't injuries or suspensions or whatever. Uh, Tarek Sims officially going to Melbourne in 2023 on a one-year deal and also which I thought this was a bit of an interesting one I believe it's James Chan who's a French player playing for the Catalans um, just signed with Melbourne I thought it was a little bit odd Melbourne signing a player from over in the UK but I mean if Melbourne signing yet you're probably decent the son of I believe his name's Alex Chan used to play in the NRL went over to France that's his I believe that's his son so good on him there and also Tom Gilbert from the Cowboys officially signing with the Dolphins as well for next year. Andy which Pickens. I think he's been one of their better players this season. Not Probably the, the to add to the list yeah. <laughs> the Dolphins. Oh mate, he's got some def- definitely got some upside there. He looks like a decent young player and he seems to be getting better as a as his career goes on. So I think yeah, it's another decent signing in the forwards, but they really they got when are yeah. they going to sign someone in they've the They've literally backs? they've Seriously. got Jermaine Asako and I don't think I'd count that as a signing at the moment. So I'll say they've got no backs. <laughs> At this point, he's going to play fullback for him next year. But <laughs> let's see how that goes. We'll find out. There'll be, the up, there'll be something up someone's sleeve, I'm yeah. sure. I'm sure they'll they'll come in thick and fast at the back yeah. end of this year. Yeah, they're going to have to. But yeah. we've got to get through 30 June, and then we've got to get through. We'll get through November. It'll be. They'll have a full roster. You know, we'll make sure they have a full roster. Absolutely, they will. Uh, judiciary news. Look, I've, I'm tired, so let's not pan judiciary and referees <laughs> tonight. Let's um, plough through and save it for when it comes up, eh? But. Um, Actually, yeah, let's just play them on one. But uh, Olakuatu one match, Tane Milne one match, Nanai $1,000, Pene one match, and Daniel Tupu, who, it, from a club who blew up Deluxe when it happened to one of theirs, got off with one match uh, and apparently didn't do too much wrong. So I suppose we need to quickly touch on that one, Barn. Oh, it didn't look good. It, was, it looked like pretty much like a swinging arm to me, so I was very surprised that he got away with, with the one week. With everything they mention about High contact, forceful, yeah. Uh, how many weeks would um, Hetherington have got if he'd done this? Probably six. Minimum four. See you in 2024. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, do you guys struggle to reconcile with that? Oh, yeah. Big time. Big time, and I thought the I thought the Aaron Penne one was probably worse, considering what happened with Paulo the week that he did it, mm-hmm. and Penne's was definite contact to the head, yeah. definite with a shoulder, and he's got his week, but that was a penalty in that game. There, when it happened, I don't know whether I put it on WhatsApp or whatever and said, "How's that gone not virtually unnoticed?" Yeah. And not a ten minutes, like it's just. 
it's baffling. Then that, and then that's you don't want to really talk about refs and bunkers and all that kind of stuff. So it's just baffling, and that's the only way I can we put continue it. Continue to be baffled week after week. That's right. right. That's right. <laughs> and it, it, yeah, the only thing um, is that I reckon it's more so than outrage. This week I got more messages than I can recall of just and, and all different saying I just don't understand it. Just like question I just don't and understand call it. after call. Just yeah, not not, a, games, not just like yeah. what why like why and and that's not a how does that happen. Yeah. When they've brought in this bunker to be the consistent thing, I don't understand how there's so many different decisions coming out of it. Why not just leave one bloke in there for eight games? I'll go do it. I must be insane because the definition of insanity is repeating something after and after again, expecting a different result. So I'm going to cry the same tune I have all year. Where's the consistency in the court? That's the big thing, once again, that every week it seems to be going all right. We're consistent with our calls, but there's always one... Saw thumb sticking out. Well, we kept that under two minutes this week, so um, we'll <laughs> just move on and uh, yeah. touch what we need to as we go through the games. And, uh, yeah, no other news, really. That's about injuries, injuries, injuries. Um, there was a couple of bad ones I didn't rhyme down. Anyone remember? This is good prep. No. Oh, we'll work it out as we go. <laughs> Here we go. Oh, of course, gay guy, four weeks. Yes. Um, broken cheekbone with Highmore Hunt. Obviously, that's not going to help their cause any further. Just no, current. Josh Carrier, what was the flight of that? I haven't seen they, it. still hasn't come moon out, boot. but he, he was in the moon boot and whatnot. And there was, didn't someone. Uh, Jack Bird? And uh, DWZ in that match forearm. was. Jack Bird's, Jack Bird's going to be six arm. weeks of broken arm. DWZ concussed, so he'll miss this week. And that was bad. That was ugly. Yeah, he was yeah, out before he hit the ground. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, Jaden Sewer, syndesmosis, and he's definite. So that's um, not good for the Dragons either. And uh, Dane Laurie, six weeks with the MCL. So There's a few there. A few come out. Paseca and Davey will be out of Friday's game. And Josh Jackson has COVID, just to add to the list. Yeah, so there is a few. Um, they all will make have an impact as we get to our preview as well. Any other news you want to touch on before we get into this? No, let's, nah, let's get into it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, you, what's your other catch, Crowley? Uh, let's... Um, Let's get down to business. Yeah. Okay, then. Um, we kicked off the round on Anzac Day long weekend with the Broncos and the Sharks. It was a Talakai show, I think. Man, uh, the Sharks. Man, 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 man the Sharks. Shark. Sorry. It was. That's this week. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sharks 34, week. Manly 22. Yeah. Six tries to four. Four out of six conversions played three out of four. And one out of one mm. penalty attempt for Cronulla. 77% completion played 76. 34 out of 44 sets played 29 out of 38. Eight line breaks for the Sharks, five for Manly. 28 tackle bust to 34. 12 offloads to six. One force dropout by Manly. 0 40 20s. 303 tackles made by the Sharks. 285 made by Manly. Uh, 42 tackles made... Oh, sorry, I've missed the line. Three ruck infringements to zero in the way of Manly. Zero inside the tens for both teams. Five penalties conceded from each side. 11 errors to 13. One sin bin to Manly. Braley made 42 tackles. Croker made 42 tackles. Talakai with 262 run metres. Garrick with 210. Uh, Ramian missed four tackles, made 12. Moylan missed four and made 20. Katoa missed three and made two. DCE missed five, made 19. And Harper missed three and made five and wasn't involved in about 10, I'm pretty sure. But <laughs> I don't know how and he had ends up with three missed tackles. How he got credited for three missed tackles, I have no idea because he got bumped off seven or eight times at least, but... 
Supercoach points. Now, they points. put him as ineffective now, so yeah, you, you right. need to maybe, go down to... Maybe he took his tag off. Talakai with 165 <laughs> Supercoach points, Hines with 97, Mulatano with 84, and then you get to Garrick from Manly on 80 points. What do you make of it, Barney, for unearthed a, a strike weapon out there? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Worst, uh, start of the, worst way you can start a game from DCE. First, first thing... Uh, straight off the kickoff, a knock on, and then the Sharks scored within you know thirty seconds after that, just straight out to Talakai and ran in between Harper and um, the winger out there, and he did that a few more times. That was astounding the way that he was just brushing off defenders, and um, even when they did get hold of him, he managed to pop the ball back inside, or he was kicking back towards the post. Uh, it was one of the best performances out of a centre I've seen in forty minutes of football. Um, surprisingly quick. And he's just his stature's so short and so wide they just can't seem to get a hand on him. Um, it's going to be interesting how he progresses through the rest of the season. But um, oh, the first half was just an absolute exhibition from the Sharks. It was really fast ball movement. I really enjoyed the way that the ball was swung from one side of the field, and it was done in two or three passes. And they were quick, flat passes hitting blokes on the chest that were running into gaps. Um, a lot of what came from the Sharks was because they weren't running directly at players. You'll see some of the better teams in attack, they'll, they hit the gaps. They're in between, defense, uh, in, in between defensive players, so they don't get hit and rock back. They sort of get dragged to the ground slowly, and then you're on the front foot. And you get up, quick play the balls. And as soon as the team gets a roll on these days with quick play the balls, you're in all sorts of trouble. Like You can't defend against con- continual quick play the balls. There's clearly there's, Right now there's three teams that play at a pace. Yes, and they're the three absolutely. best teams in the comp, and they're daylight ahead of the rest. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they control the pace, too, of, of the game. that They speed it up or slow it down according to yeah. momentum in the game. So when you know the Sharks didn't have momentum in the second half, they, slowed, they still slowed it down, so Manly didn't really get the opportunity to play quick-quick against them either. So, but even at times in attack, you'll see that the halves will um, slow the slow the pace of the running down to draw in defenders yep. as well, and just open up the outside, um, open up spaces on the outside, which um, Hines does quite well. Actually, he's one of the better ones that I've seen. That he'll be running flat out, and then he'll slow it right down and draw in a couple of defenders to make some space on his outside. But um, there's a few others out there that do that as well. The um the the outside backs for Manly were. Deplorable on that their right hand side defence, left hand side for the Sharks in that first half, which saw as you said Morgan Harper get um, get taken off the field at half time, and then everything flipped around in the half at, at half time. Manly came out and their line speed in defence was increased dramatically, like massively. Um, they they ran so much harder. I don't know what ha- what happened. But obviously, they got a rocket yeah. at half time. <laughs> But how do you come out and run that much harder than what you were in the first half? Like, I know you're chasing points and it's a bit, diff- you know, makes a bit of a difference. But it also displays a lack of effort in that first half Absolutely. as well. Like and they ran at they ran really hard on the edges, especially Olakowatu. He's just turning into a premier back rower in this competition. He's, every week he's doing it. He's running between people. He's collecting kicks to score tries. He's setting up people with offloads. Um, he's becoming one of the better players running around at the moment. I think the Sharks, once they saw Manly come out, they decided that they were going to try and defend for the half. And there was some really poor one-on-one misses that led to some soft tries from Manly there too. They, um, I think they just thought they could grind it out and maybe you know let Manly score one or two tries and that would be the end of the game. But Manly, once they got their tails up, they just kept pushing and started busting some holes in the Sharks' defence. So there's a lot there to work on for the Sharks, um, especially in defence. If they're going to sit on their heels like that on the line, they're going to have a lot of points put on them. 
but um, yeah, obviously depends how many points they can put out. Well, ultimately, two they'll maybe two decisions away from losing that game in the back half because if um, or Manly had so much momentum, if there was um, if they if they had a bit of luck their way, they was going to score twelve more points in that last ten minutes, and it just it just ran out. Well, you notice Hines started to, when they did start to get well and truly back in the game. Hines started kicking on the third and fourth tackle, mm. and just went get it down that end, and we'll you know. Try to keep him down there as much as we can. I thought Paseca made quite a big difference coming off the bench. Um, that hurt him too. When <coughs> he got, excuse me. When he got injured. Yeah, absolutely him. it did. Um, Ola Kawatu was by far the best for Manly. Croker, yep. DCE and Jake were all good. Um, and Garrick seems to, you know, he's not Tommy Turbo, but he fills a role in that fullback yep. position. He runs good lines and um, he runs quite. Uh, he runs pretty hard there too. So I thought he was pretty impressive in the couple of games he's played at fullback. Uh, Teague Wilton seems to be growing into a half-decent back row, which I didn't really... I always thought he was a decent player, but he seems to be getting up and past that sort of decent at the moment. I think you mentioned good. that um, in the past that he they, they've stuck with him over others, yep. including Talakai and McGuinness. Yep. So they must have an opinion of him. So uh, Cora was good again without... He just doesn't seem to have the effectiveness that he was having this, or what, this time a year and a half ago, but... He's still doing quite a good job. Braley was okay. I thought Rudolph probably had one of his better yep. games he's had for a long time. Um, Hines was good again. He, he has been every time the Sharks put in a defense performance. And, yeah, we all saw what Talakai did. So, <laughs> Barney, you need to get less good at analysis because I swear you're perfect. Like, no. you, you sum things no, up perfectly. Close. He's, getting, um, he's but, getting better every yeah. week. <laughs> time and his run. Yeah. Time and his run. The main takeaway for me, I guess, was that second half from Cronulla, allowing Manly to come back to where they did. Because I know it was obviously a display that Cronulla aren't quite yet on Melbourne or Penrith's level when they played Melbourne and lost, but I think this is also another indicator where I don't think Penrith or Melbourne let Manly come back to that extent in the second half. But you know what? This is something they can learn from. I doubt now that Cronulla will let another scoreline like that slip away from them to the extent that they did. I think it's just the difference with Cronulla and Melbourne and Penrith. Melbourne and Penrith can probably afford to give another team that inch and still probably be okay. Cronulla's probably just still got to do that little bit more work, sort of go for the jugular, if you will, and I think that's the big difference. I was really impressed as well. Obviously, a lot of the talks around Talakai, both the halves, Moylan and Hines, I thought were really good in this game, and I know you brought him up a couple of weeks ago, Gump, but... I don't think Moylan's had a bad game this season. I'm not saying he's the best player in the world or anything, but this is probably his best run of games just about since he's been at Penrith. Well, since he signed with the Sharks, absolutely. This is the best form he's been in by a mile. And he's, but he's just doing a job now, yep. simple. He's getting early ball to Talakai. But I don't. the thing that struck me with the, the match was that Manly at the beginning of the game, didn't seem to have a plan for for that edge, for Talakai. So you either push up to put pressure on Moylan to give him less time to get decent ball to Talakai and put some pressure on him, which they didn't, or push up and not give Talakai as much time, and that would be Saab and Harper coming in together. They didn't do that either. Yeah. So it was either discussed and they didn't do it, or it wasn't discussed mm. and then was discussed at half-time because I don't know that... Well, they the definitely second did half, it they in the second half. Him, yeah. But I don't know they went to Talakai as much either. No, I don't. I don't know that they went to plan A. I think that they probably... And I don't know why teams do it, thought they'd gone to the well the too many way. times and will go the other way and give them a go. I would just say keep doing the same thing. 
if that was me and I was on the field, but you do what your coach says. The good says. thing about Talakai was he didn't just stay out there, though, either. He no. came back oh, when, when they did shut down that left edge and, he, and they started going right. Talakai just went, fuck it, I'll go back and run through the middle. Well, that's why. Start and, doing hit-ups in and, the and middle of the field. And as opposed to a, a Fafita game, it wasn't... Yeah, every big play he had was from a different situation. Yeah. Um, on either different position in the field or the kick, or it was just... Yeah, but Manly did surprise me that they seemed to be... There appeared to be lack of a plan. I doubt there was. Des Haslight generally has a plan, and maybe they just... They weren't good enough, and Harper was hooked. And we know what you get from Saab in defence, which is not much. He's a bit gun-shy or whatever. So it was just... It looked to me like they wanted to come from the inside and try to push him towards the, towards the wing, but... Talakai wasn't having any of it. Well, he was he, just straightening up and running straight at him and going, okay, push me over the edge, see what well, you can Well, Talakai basically did right. what I would coach kids to do, and I do, is run inside shoulder. Mm. And he ran inside shoulder, and they couldn't stop him running inside shoulder. So if you can push him as wide as you want, if the runner's going to run inside shoulder, you're not going to push him wide. Yeah. And Talakai, he, he's not silly. He knows he's not going to beat people on the outside. He's not, he's not the fastest mm. centre. Pace is not his attribute. Pace is not his attribute. So he, generally, to beat a centre, to beat someone on the outside, you're doing it with pace. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. So he's not going to do that. So he, you know he's going to run inside shoulder to beat you. So it's a matter of then stopping it. But they weren't good enough to stop it because I'm sure that other centres in the comp will stop him. Like I know that oh, the absolutely. week before he he ran a muck against Melbourne as well, Talakai. But they he wasn't as effective as he was against Manly. He was, he's going to be double-teamed now for the rest of the comp. Well, Obviously, you're going to have your centre and your second planned. rower pushing in probably from the inside shoulder on the Correct. way out. Correct. And they're be going interesting to, to see what the Sharks put around him to give him other opportunities. They're going to push him wider. They, yeah, they, and exactly, and make him go around them. Hopefully they have blokes coming back on his inside That's and right. whatever. But, but so. you know, that would be my takeaway from the game. Yeah, just on the Harper thing, I was just thinking, the thing with Harper is... End of the day, they've got so much invested in three and a half players, and they're going to probably want to sign up Olakowatu and Schuster in the next couple of years. See, so they're stuck in a position where they're always going to have two hundred thousand dollar backline yeah. in between, and it's this is what you get unless you find a caller who you're going to get for a few years before someone else will snaffle him or whatever. Well, I think you'll see um, Tolapalutu go into that he, centre I thought position. Both caller and, and Tolapalutu are good. Obviously, um, Gary will go back to the wing, but. Mm. Yeah. Isn't this I thought Cooler was good uh, in, in the time he was on the field. Um, they were both okay. The only bloke for Manly didn't meant, that hasn't been mentioned yet, uh, without rehashing, I thought Forum was fantastic in the second half. He was, half. actually, yeah, Forum he was, was fantastic. Um, he was, he, he just straightened him up, hit the line, had some nice touches, you know, you get with DC in that second half, and um, they're a different team, but it was a bridge too far. I think everyone's covered Cronulla. Um, anything else you want to touch on, boys? No, not for me. Uh, three Talakai. Who else are you going with? I had Hines for two, and then I had um, Rudolph Wilton or Olakowatu for the one. Uh, Rudolph, I'd personally go with. I'm happy for Rudolph, actually. Yeah, I was, yeah he was pretty good. Yeah. Beauty. Uh, the Broncos up against the Bulldogs. The Broncos, Broncos beat the Bulldogs 34 points to 14 on an amazing Friday night game at Suncorp Stadium. Dagster. Yeah. Thank you, Oliver. Oliver. Uh, it was... I thought the young Bulldogs were good, uh, and I'll, I'll handball quickly, a wrong show, but I'll pass quickly to Gump uh, to touch on it, but um, Bulldogs were, the young Bulldogs were good well, for, 
40 minutes and in the back half, um, Barney has to do stats. So yeah. let it, you know. Six tries to three, five out of six conversions, played one out of three, 90% completion from the Broncos uh, with 36 out of 40 sets and 80% for the Dogs with 29 out of 36, four line breaks to three, 33 tackle busts to 34, seven offloads to 18 from the Bulldogs, one force dropout to three, 0 40 20, 310 tackles made by the Broncos, 361 by the Dogs, four ruck infringements to three, one inside the 10 against the Dogs, six penalties conceded by the Broncos, two conceded by the Bulldogs, five errors to 12. <coughs> Excuse me, Hass with 39 tackles, Jackson with 51, Hass with 254 running metres, Josh Adokar with 171, Gamble missed seven tackles and made 16, Burton missed six tackles and made 19. Reynolds with 127 super coach points. Josh had a car with 100 and Selwyn Cobbo with 80. Almost a breakout game for Selwyn Cobbo. I was impressed with some of his touches. First uh, half, he was dog shit. Breakout <laughs> half, he was yeah. dog shit. Um, but once he got a bit ahead of steam up, he was good. Obviously, it helps when you've got one of the premier halfbacks doing what he's doing. It just felt like um, a reserve grade game for a lot of it. And then the first graders started that decided they were going to play for about 20 minutes in the second half, or maybe a bit more. Um, Isn't it crazy? I really like Shoop and Car- uh, I'm going to let Gump talk in a minute. I really like Shoop and Karaz. I'm very disappointed neither. Uh, just had a look here. Seven tackle busts for Karaz. He looked um, very impressive Absolute in that first half. Absolute ball of energy, that kid. And yeah. um, we'll probably never see him again. So <laughs> just real good stuff happening there. He hasn't been named this week. Um, Fox was good. They were in the fight. And as they have been, the steam ran out about the 50, what, third minute or something. And the back end... Broncos had their sales up, and, and I don't know if they're flattered when they win by 20 because they probably deserved all those points, but it could it have been closer. took them a long time to get it. took them it. a long time, yeah. It didn't Gun, what didn't do you look think? like they knew what they were doing there, the Broncos. Yeah, the, the Bulldogs were decent in the first half. I thought the Broncos were terrible in the first yeah. half. They they were really bad, and I think that they made the Bulldogs probably look a little bit better than, than they were. Um, the problem with the Bulldogs for me is still that when the momentum shifts... There isn't anybody that seems to say, I'm going to take the ball by the horns here and do a 20-metre run or put a big tackle on or, or something like that to just inspire the players or, or the fans or whatever. It just They just seem to still let the game drift. They don't go to plan B or C. They still play the same way. Like, when whether they're up by 10 or down by 20, they still... <laughs> They're doing set-up play after set-up play and then nothing much seems to happen. Like There's not many changes sort of going on in the way they play. Yeah, the effort's there, but as a supporter, effort effort's not getting any Ws in the W column. And, you know, it, even Matt Burton at the moment, he's a running 5'8", and he's not running or can't run. He, he had one run in the game and it was only because... He got thrown the ball when he wasn't expecting it, so he thought, I'd better run. And he actually broke the line and made half a break when he did it. But other than that, that's the only run of note that I can sort of get from Burton. And I'm not shit on Burton because I think he's a really good player, but I don't know that there's much around him. Yeah, the kid Karaz went well. I thought Shop was really good out there on on Stags. Especially defensively. The last game he played, he was good on Turbo when they played Manly and down that side. So Shop was, was really good. Um, you know, the forwards were going forward. TPJ had a really good game, I thought. You know, he put in and he sometimes tries to do too much. But, you know, Adam Reynolds was the difference in the game. He showed why the Broncos paid what they paid for him. Um, you know, the, look at, at 
South's game management near the end of the game and then look at his for the Broncos. I think Absolutely. if he's still playing for South's, when we'll get to that game soon, South's probably win that game if Adam Reynolds plays oh, in that game. Out, so there, there's the proof's in the pudding there that he's worth every cent that he gets. Um, you know, Brisbane were good for the last half hour. But other than that, they were ordinary. You know, the, the Bulldogs need to find something when the momentum shifts, as I said. They need to find a big run from somebody or, you know, something inspirational from somebody at a point in the game where they need that kind of inspiration. And, and like I said, probably the only the two most likely were your two centres and, um, well, they're not there. Well, one's there this week, but the other's not. Uh, but isn't this the same chat we've had every Bulldogs game since Barrett's taken over? So, like, what's... Yeah, nothing's well, changing. Well, again, and, and Ollie predicted last week that it would be Barrett's last game, and it may well have been had he have not had the four players out from COVID, which wouldn't have made any difference to the result, and then had a piece of paper with eight blokes that are injured as well. So he had... 18 of his 30 to pick from, so that was it. That was the the squad. So I think that's probably what saved him, but it's coming out now that Phil Gould's spending a lot of time at training and has got stuck into them for not putting in effort and whatnot. So I think the, you know, the clock's ticking in terms of that, and it, there's not anything different. That's what I said. So if they're 10 in front or 10 behind, they don't do anything differently. They, there's no gears in their game. No. There's a first gear and that's it. And at least... The shitty teams have two gears, maybe, where the good teams have five. Yeah. But, you know, they've got one gear, and you're not going to win any games if you've got one gear. That's, it's that simple. Well, one of the things I thought was kind of funny is the unknown players that were brought in, both Karaz and, is it Siskaras, if I'm yeah, pronouncing Sarikas, that correctly? Yep. I thought they were both pretty good. Like, I, I don't think you could really fault their performances. Unfortunately, I don't think Eva will probably play first grade... Um, for the rest of the year, unless there's another situation like that. But they definitely... They're both training trials, I think. Yeah, they definitely didn't hurt their futures, future careers or anything in the NRL. Um, I also think, though, just on Burton, I think what would benefit him a bit more is if... And I'm not sure if this has been the directive and it's not sort of being played out to the full extent. And I get that the Bull- Bulldogs or Trent Barrett might not want to actually do this because he's been dropped for so long or whatever and they lost faith in him. But I'd say at this point, just say, Kyle Flanagan well and truly controls this football team in attack and take as much pressure as he can off of Burton, get him decent ball, which I think that Flanagan can, to let him run the ball a bit more, but sort of take as much of that pressure as he can off of Burton. I think it'll at least... But it's not going to take it, it, it is baffling. To, it is baffling to think that supposedly Barrett had all this influence on yeah, Cleary yeah. and Luai and these blokes, and well, they come out of a team. Why isn't he just tell them go back and yeah. watch all the games Burton played well, outside they, Cleary last well, year and go? Oh, there you go. That's what you did. Not, but they're not good enough to do it. Like, yeah, but, it, it, but because Flanagan is not going to take any pressure off Burton because he doesn't run the ball. So no. there's no when Flanagan gets the ball, the defense doesn't have to run to him. He's not making the defense make any decision because he doesn't run. He's, yeah. He has well, no, he's had no runs I, I in terms of that, and, and, and I don't yeah. think they've got a better option. But at the moment, Flanagan gets a ball and passes it. He not doesn't take the line on at yeah. least. And I know Adam Reynolds isn't really a big runner of the football, but at least he goes to the line and they. They've got to make a decision. Yeah. The defence doesn't make any decision when Flanagan's got the ball, so they can just put yeah. three in front of Burton, yeah. and then Burton can't run. 
he look, just looks stupid then if he runs. So he's just then got a shovel to the next guy who then passes yeah. to the next guy. The only one that's, and, water, and yeah. the only one that's going to do anything yeah. out there is Pangai Jr. that sort of gets an offload away. Then there's not really anybody around to get the decent offload off him yeah. anyway. But that's sort of what I'm saying. I think that, yeah, because I don't necessarily think I don't think at all Kyle Flanagan should really be running the ball because that should be Burton. I'm saying uh, engage yeah, engage the line, sort of keep them guessing, and then on occasion you get the ball to Burton and he's able to actually do something. But I guess sort of sharing this he sort of load of sh- and putting ball some... just shit position. Even yeah. through halfback that has, just does just pass. He gets ball yeah. in shit positions a lot. Well, Flanagan doesn't turn anyone's shoulders in. No. He doesn't make a How defender does make a kick decision. rush these days? Like he kicks from a bloke that was putting up those torpedoes Flanagan three weeks ago. really... Um, challenges the line either. He generally just well, takes right. a step yeah. and passes the ball. Um, <clears throat> a lot of it comes back off the nine as well. The, there was a lot of opportunities in that game where I was sitting there going, just run the fucking thing. Like the, You've got yeah. no markers in front of you. You'll get the 10 metre scoot and you'll get a quick play the ball and then you can do something off the back of that. Like Marshall but King will do, have one good game in six and that's what keeps him in the team. Yeah. But they've got a bloke in reserve grade that they signed from Souths. They said the cool. only reason he wasn't in first grade because Damien Cook was in front of him. Mm-hmm. The Bulldogs have lost six games in a row, and this, he still can't get a start. And you know, da- Damien in, Cook, in the team, yeah, the Australian hooker Damien Cook is supposedly the one who's taken him under his wing for the past twelve months so, and mentored him. You if, know, like, yeah. at least give him a go. Marshall King is not going to be the hooker next year because Reed Marnie's going to the club. So, get rid of him now and put the other kid in. It can't be any worse than than what they've got, and it's. Uh, and how they haven't gone to Flanagan yet and gone instead of taking one pass and fucking uh, one step and passing it, take three steps towards the line and we'll give you an option on either side. Just run That's angles on either too. side of him. You, you're right, because then you've got you know that holds up your inside defenders because they're worried about Tavita Pangai is going to run over the top of the halfback. Oh, I need to give him some help. And then yeah. you throw the cutout outside, and then you've got space on the yeah. outside yeah. edges. I, I did it just think doesn't he, make sense. He probably, There's no variation. He no, probably looked not. his most dangerous at points against Penrith, funnily enough, when they were sort of 20, 20 metres out from the line, and he was actually just changing things up a little bit. wasn't necessarily great, but it was enough to sort of make Penrith guess a little bit. Nothing was really coming from it, but they actually seemed like a bit of a threat, the Bulldogs. <laughs> He's sort of, is, he, is he now just sort of trying to keep his spot in first grade and not... Fuck up like too much. Like it, 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 it's happened for too long now. I feel like it, they're having creativity coached out of them. Because, like you said, why why, why aren't hookers running? Yeah. If you're a natural hooker, shouldn't we look up going? There's no markers. There's 15 meters. Absolutely. They're not even Quick doing play that. the ball. It's, and yeah. you you look at Matty Johns. I'd say we'd all agree he's one of the best analysts going around. He says it so many times. You look at the poor teams in the comp, and they run block play after block play after block play. They put it goes out the back, it goes out the back, it goes out the back, and someone gets pushed into touch, or someone gets absolutely smashed, and they lose five or ten meters, and then you have got to slow play the ball. Everyone's scrambling to get yeah. back on side. But isn't what happens? Don't, don't they just get? They'd come to they'd come to review on Monday. They'd have their four blokes there that watch a video and go, "Well, the completion rate was sixty percent. We better just get the basics right." And that's what they go do. So yeah, absolutely. So then six weeks later, yeah. nothing's changed. Tavita Pangai is one of points. the most dangerous runners in the world. Give him an angle. Give him an opportunity to get in between the half and a 5-8 or, a, yeah. you know, in between a centre and a winger. Like, you've got to change the angles. They like, play the same 45-degree angle to the edges. We'll get to it with the Roosters. The Roosters are doing exactly the same thing at the moment and that's what's fucking up their attack. Yeah. But Like, you could spend ages on it, but even in terms of the blueprint for the good teams at the moment are the back five are getting them out of trouble. Yeah, the forwards aren't... They're using leg speed to get them out. If they're running into... You've got to show some footwork. That's why the props aren't running it from 20 out. 
because they get put like, on their so back. So Penrith with Taylor yeah. and May and Tago and Cronulla with Talakai and Mulatalo yeah. and Katala. You get and a nose Melbourne, through the line. And Melbourne with yeah. Olam and, and Pappy and the, the wingers for them. Like even Nick Meaney was doing it for Melbourne and, and taking the ball out of trouble. But some of these wingers for the other teams have one and two runs. Yeah. Like, so it's like we can see it. So why are there some wingers that are having one and two runs? What, like, what did Ockenbore do? Yeah. In terms of that, if he's in that, t- like, he's one that he should be his one job in a team. He's not. He's well, not bringing any else. And he's so big. it should be. He's, he's, he's big. big so it should be right. You should be taking two hit ups at like least. The Fox a set. does it, and he's too little. Yeah. To do it, like he's effective sometimes, and other times he gets ragged. The same as a lot of the. But he probably had do. more runs out of dummy half than anybody in that entire game, uh, let uh, alone his own that's team. That's right. But, but there's a blueprint there, and again, is it that they're just not good enough? Like, <laughs> well, the, like the, they ripped in. They absolutely ripped in for sixty minutes, and I think it's probably the biggest effort I've seen out of the Bulldogs for a couple of years. To be honest, that first sixty minutes where they just absolutely powered through the middle, and they had the Broncos rattled. They had them on the back foot. The Broncos' defense wasn't handling it, and no. um, the Dogs were just marching up the field constantly. The Broncos' attack was absolutely rubbish for the first hour of the game. They had no idea what they were doing. Doing as soon as the ball went past Reynolds out to Gamble and. Whoever was else out in the centres, it just died. They yeah. either dropped it or they got smashed or <laughs> they turned somebody back inside and they got smashed. They, they had absolutely no idea what was going on there. Um, how they're still sticking with Gamble and the likes of Billy Walters, I've got no fucking idea. They need to <laughs> just throw the kid in there. I've been saying it before the season started. Just get him in there and just let him go with Reynolds. Let Reynolds teach him what he wants. You know what I mean? This young kid just showing him exactly what you want out of him. But... Um, Bulldogs forwards, I thought, were tremendous in this. They matched um, the Broncos' pack, who these days basically is Palacia and Haas, and that's it. And Haas does three nice. times the work anybody else does on the field. Um, just what he does, even when he goes off with a shoulder injury for 20 minutes, he still comes out and tops the tackle count and the run metres. So, um, t- How is he going to be playing when he's 30? He, he can't. <laughs> I don't think so. He it's gonna, he's he's going to have struggle. to move somewhere else. But I think the young kids that did come in, they got the enthusiasm up and they sort of rubbed on on a few of the older players and the dogs were up and about for 50 to 60 minutes. But as you saw, you look at the young fella Karaz, he started cramping up with 20 minutes to go and the you know the rest of the team basically ran out of gas with 20 minutes to go. And give Broncos credit, um, they just went, OK, we know they're, they're pretty much shot now, we'll just let Reynolds take over and he put the ball on a on a string and just, you know, kicked into holes and they were scoring tries off kicks and short passes and, yeah, it got pretty um got pretty ugly there at the end for the Dogs and I don't even know who was really hanging on at the back end. The, nah. the, um, Josh uh, Car was still busting his ass and he does every game, but Dufty had one of his better games for a while but was still, he's, you know, he's still a rung below... Probably even the top five fullbacks in the comp at the moment, realistically. Um, Tavita Pangai Jr. and Jackson were really strong again. Um, mentioned the centres, we all did. Josh Adokar and Dufty, I thought, were probably the, some of the better players for them. I thought Jordan Ricky had one of his better games for a while. Um, mentioned Paliasia. Cobo was made to look absolutely stupid in that first <laughs> half. Josh Adokar was just having fun with him there for that first 40 minutes. But again, that flipped on its head. Um, Cobbo got a couple of opportunities and just being through sheer athleticism and his size, bullied Josh Adokar a couple of times and just sort of pushed him out of the way to score a couple of tries. But Reynolds was the difference. He gets three points, absolutely. Um, Haas with two. And I actually gave Josh Adokar the one, but 
I'm okay with that actually. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Saturday kicked off with the Cowboys at 30, defeating the Titans for Barney. They they tried to put a steamroller out wide, and uh, all they did was basically create a one-lane highway, which most of the centres <laughs> decided to duly indulge in. But um, yeah, Barney, what the stats say? around him a little bit there at mm. times. Um, five tries to one, four out of five conversions, and zero out of one for the Titans. One out of one penalties for the Cowboys. 69% completion played 70%. 27 out of 39 sets played 26 out of 37. Five line breaks to two, 28 tackle busts to 17 from the Titans. Seven offloads to five. One force dropout to two, zero 40 20s, 277 tackles played 314. Three ruck infringements by the Cowboys, two by the Titans, two inside the 10 by the Cowboys. Four penalties conceded to eight, 13 errors to 14. Uh, there was a sin bin, which I can't remember who got binned, but somebody did. Uh, was it for the lift? Um, yeah, it was a lifting tackle. Yeah. Uh, Nano? Yes, that's yep, yep. right. Um, Tamalolo with 32 tackles, Fermor with 33, Felt with 166 metres and Herbert with 149. Chad missed three out of, made 22, Hess missed three and made 20, Kelly missed four and made 11 and young Sexy Sexton missed six tackles and made 11. That's wrong because how Fafita listed as zero missed tackles? Yeah. <laughs> he missed three on Holmes in about 10 minutes. So. Didn't touch him, so they're probably... It's ineffective then. Yeah, I don't know. Supercoach points, Drinkwater with 102, Tuolungi with 75, Lukey with 70, three other Cowboys before you got down to Bo Firma on 49 Supercoach points. Would you like this floor? This <laughs> is... Far and away, easily, I'm penciling it in now, a bottom fucking four team. I'm I'm a, I'm officially saying it. After that performance against that team... Just for you, Ollie. And I, I get that the Cowboys are a lot better than we actually predicted, but I still don't think they're all that amazing aside. So for the Titans to get pretty much swept off the park by them is disgusting. Mo coming off the bench, Fafita being moved to the centres. Fafita being moved to the centres, I know at least you guys have been hammering at home how he needs to be playing more in the middle. Holbrook's gone, I know what we'll do. We'll push him fucking even further out wide. Let's see what that does. Oh, he ran for less than 100 metres. Who thought that would have happened? Fucking pushing him further out from the play. Give him more opportunity not to get involved. And play Mo for, what, 45 minutes off the bench. The two blokes he had starting at prop did not put in anywhere near as good as a performance as Mo did. Tino might as well go, I'm happy for the Titans to give Tino back to Melbourne because I'm sorry for him. He's trying everything. <laughs> He's trying he to do is, everything he is. can every single week. He's consistently the Titans' best player, whether they have a good half in a game, whether someone else stands out or whatever. He's consistently playing above average football. Like even He was the only one who seemed like a first grader in that game against the Tigers, I'd say just about. He's, there's only so much he can do. I've just... It's a bottom four team. Like, honestly, it is a bottom four team. Last year, the best thing they had going for them was their forward pack. That's been meddled with to fucking no imagination, and they've just shit the bed with it. I don't know what Holbrook's thinking or what's going on, but I don't think it can be fixed to the extent where they're 
anything better at a ceiling than 11th, to be honest, this year. It has just gone to absolute shit. Jason Taumalolo, I thought, was the best player on the field when the Cowboys win. That's a big surprise, but I thought he tore the Titans to shreds on both ends of the field, and that's pretty much all I've got to say. Well, I said last week I thought the Titans forwards were sleepwalking. They were dead set in a fucking coma <laughs> in this game for the first 60 minutes at least. They were, There was nothing in the middle of the field from the Titans. Uh, their defence was poor and their running of the ball was even worse than that. Um, this was... Mate, you, from a forward pack you expect to match most teams in the comp, uh, if not better, yep. a majority of them. Uh, this was a horrific performance from the Titans. Probably one of the worst in my recent memory of them. Put, like, I know when they first came in, they were getting flogged every second week and all the rest of it. But this was fucking horrific considering the, the lineup that they have. They got flogged by a team that realistically none of them stood out. Even the Cowboys. nobody Apart from Tamalolo, there was probably nobody that stood out on that field. They were just all solid, and they got absolutely crucified by the Cowboys. They just ran roughshod over them the entire game. Not one second in this game did I think that the Titans were going to get anywhere near the Cowboys, apart from maybe the first five minutes when it was still nil all. But <laughs> mate, I don't know what to say to you, Ollie. I feel sorry for you, mate. Bottom we've four. All, bottom four. We've all been there. It's but yeah, the. As I said, the Cowboys didn't have any standouts, but the Titans were slow, uh, unorganised in both attack and defence. Like, there was no organisation. Nobody seemed to know what the next bloke was non-existent. doing. Like, the Bulldogs have the worst spine, and at the moment, the Titans are 15th. We, at least Newcastle have got Ponga in their spine. They're not great. And the Warriors have got Sean Johnson in their spine and Reese Walsh and Egan, who go all right. Egan, yeah. But... The Titans, their spine is non-existent. Yeah. Like, Sexton's learning. Brimson is not delivering to the ability that was thought that he had. Like, he's an origin player. In, he's uh, a bull runner. He needs a hole in front yeah, of him. Yeah, but I mean, he's nowhere near where he should be. The hooker is okay. Asako at fullback is a... Is, a waste a of time for yeah. them. The, he's not saying he's not going to be there next year. Why I wouldn't be playing him nope. in terms Shouldn't of that. Him. But the one point that I wanted to make with it is that the Cowboys are better than we all thought that they'd oh, be. Absolutely. They're not yeah. great. Yeah. And if you look at for and against, they're the fourth best defensive team in the competition after seven rounds. So, And we know that the better defensive teams are more consistent and they win more games. Well, at the moment, after seven rounds... If the Cowboys continue the way they're going, they'll probably get the eight spot because they defend yeah. better than the other shit teams. Well, yeah. Yeah. Eight the, th- yeah. the other shit teams, they've, they've conceded half as many points as five teams in the comp yeah. already after seven rounds. So it'll be interesting to see whether they keep the same trajectory, but their defence yeah. is winning them games. Well, eight, eighth is 100% um, going to be decided by a for and against because there'll be about three teams on, let's be honest, 10 or 11 wins and it will be based off of that for and if against. That, if, yeah, it's <laughs> well, yeah. Well, that's right, but at the moment, if you take for and against into account, which at the end of the year, the top eight teams will have the eight best defensive records. Yeah. It, it, it always happens. <laughs> Pretty close. So yeah. It, it generally, yeah, you might have one anomaly not in there, yeah. but at the moment, Penrith and Melbourne are the best two. Then there's, I think, Cronulla and then the Cowboys in terms of, of points conceded. Well, you know, it's not an accident that they are where they are. I know that they haven't played a few of the good... They've had a 
few easier games and whatnot. Yeah. Than they've played the Broncos and they've played the Bulldogs and they've played the Titans. So, and the only game they really copped a belting was against the Roosters and they had three blokes sent to the Simb in that game. So they played 50 minutes with 12 men the night they played the Roosters and the Roosters didn't, it was 30-odd to whatever. So I don't think that it's any coincidence that the Cowboys... Uh, I think it's uh, where they are, and I didn't think I'd ever say this, but I think they need to leave drink water at one mm. for attack and bring yeah. put the hammer yeah. in centers or wing when he comes back. Drink water is a very good attacking player, and if he's at fullback, he doesn't really have to tackle people. Twelve uh, yeah. people have missed him before drink water. Yeah. If it's getting to him, so if you're relying on your fullback to make ten tackles, you're not winning anyway. But he's so got, who, yeah, especially. Yeah. But he's got some attacking game, and I and think he's probably quick enough to push someone over the sideline occasionally yeah. and maybe save Correct. a try. Uh, so I think yeah. they've probably got to leave him and put Hammer on the wing or in the centres. And to add to that, Gump and the defensive record, because the Fords are actually doing a better job now than say twelve, eighteen months ago. Yeah. Scott Drinkwater doesn't need to defend as much because the Fords are doing their job and it's not sort of coming down to him to, on most occasions, well, miss that be, tackle. Let's be honest. like The Titans looked disinterested for most of this game. What, they didn't like, look like they wanted to be there. They weren't up for any sort of contact. They just nah. sort of fluffed around the field. But and that's now... Uh, it was apparent in the right. Manly game where yeah, they had they, zero lines. Was it the Manly where it started? But the last three weeks they've had zero intensity through... It was Sexton's worst game he's played in his career. Um, let's be honest, he, won't, he probably won't play that bad ever again, but it was, it was a shocker. Um, and apart from, you mentioned Tino, Furmore and Fodawaker are the only other but two they that are the you're going to mention yeah. that actually but were on this field. It's been the exact same thing all year. Pretty much those three blokes have been the... The, the ones that are actually having a go for 80 minutes, and surprise, surprise, they're the It's the surname stuff left. You're going to have to start with yes. to have a go for the Titans. They oh, no, no, because no, no, for feeders... Take him out. But even, like, in hindsight, if Jackson Hastings was playing in that game, the worst NRL game ever, I'm convinced the Tigers win it. I would have won easy. Because he, easy, he'd, he'd, he'd be the only game. spine player on the field. I thought um, but, Gilbert and Robson were decent for the Cowboys, and Lukey and Sharmalolo were the best... Two players, I thought, on the field, and the two centers from the Cowboys—they—they they look like superstars compared to their rivals from yeah. the Titans. <laughs> well, it's, it, this is the thing. It, it's right to put Fafita there, uh, but and and say, oh, well, he'll just run over some people because Talakai did it. Well, he's still got to catch bombs. He's still got to um, make judgment calls with a winger. He's still got to—he's going to have to do the decide job of the when. But he was it's still never been twenty like, meters off the wing and leaving all that space yeah. on Talakai his outside. Has played center. Yeah. And he's probably has played fifty percent of his grew football as a centre. Grew up playing centre, so it's was, it's not foreign to him to put him out in the centres. Yeah, Fafita in first grades never played there. Yeah, like and as a kid probably didn't well, would have been too big. There's no way Fafita was playing centre when he was a kid either. He was always. Yeah, let me guess. Where, you know, he would have been playing when he was uh, when he was twelve. Middles. Prop. He would have been playing oh, prop. No, no, no. Why? Why? And uh, it was and never more apparent than people. seriously. Yeah. Then he just name him at ten and say. You don't leave that. You Even leave 13, that if they want him to go a little bit wider, play him at 13, give him the chance to roam yeah, around. But how's he going to link, I'd maybe, link up? I, I will say, because t- I'd say keep yeah, Tino at 13. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, the thing Titans have, you've touched on defence, and you know, end of the day, Peyton's done a pretty good job over the last, um, at least sort of 12 months, I'd say. Their line speed's pretty good, the, and they their have speed's a crack. Good. Yeah. But in attack, uh, they have something which a lot of teams don't have, is pace. Mm-hmm. The pace all across the field. Their second rows will be as quick as anyone in yeah, the... young fellas... Um, well, 13 blokes in the Titans team. Um, 
and Nani keeps uh, and Nani, you know, every time a bomb goes up, he's in the game. He has so a brain explosion in him. Yeah, like but they carry on like he's a second coming of <laughs> Christ. Well, I was trying to give a second row. <laughs> he's not Beaver Menzies, put it that way. But it's um, he's good under a high ball. Can, can break he, can, a tackle, he can break a tackle and he can score a try. So yeah, that's one up on most of most people. His defense is, but he's eight, he's still in nineteen. So yeah, I'm looking at the four and against now. The Cowboys actually have Third. the second best defensive second. record. Yeah. Wow. Penrith have eighty four points against them, and the Cowboys have ninety three. Yeah, they're the only two teams under a hundred points in seven rounds. So, and they've scored one hundred and forty four, which is not. It's about the same as Manly and the Roosters and and those teams. There's three teams. Yeah, on, on. And, and I think so the last all of us the last three weeks. Something to be said for it. All of the last three weeks have gone. I think we've all said it to a person on each game. Oh, yeah, they're in the game, but we're tipping against them because whatever. Because Titans are scoring points, or Canberra are tougher, or um, or we just Brisbane, don't like them, or, or we yeah. just don't like them. <laughs> we're, we're, it's like a, in the day, it's a racing. It's, or to most of your racing line, the form is the form. You now yeah, have to right. say we're now seven rounds in. This we're, is yeah, the form. Well, well and truly, well, it's yeah. not a. This is what's happening. So you have to respect them as we get to a preview. The fact yeah, that we absolutely. didn't rate them, I think, affected. And, and we're our still all moving forward. looking at. Oh, it's the Cowboys. Whereas you've Correct. got to say we're now we're now exposed. We're legitimate. Yeah, they're exposed yeah. form now. And and when they're playing teams that are around them, you probably got to pick them. Yeah, because they defend better. Yeah. <laughs> I thought Drinkwater probably had the most impact on the game, so I gave him the three with Tamalolo with the two, and then Mahilam Luki with the one point yep, after that. Hundred percent. Yeah. Cool. Um, and just we sort of we've been a bit critical on on Val at times, but he was fantastic given the opportunity. He's he's just fast. You forget how fast he is. He's probably only had and one game where this year where you've probably gone on oh, it wasn't an average performance. He's been average or better in every other game. So. Yeah. So anyway, you know that. More power to them. And I think they're, they're almost certain he's going to make the eight now. Now I've said that, they won't win another game. But <laughs> let's get to um, <laughs> the, Daggy kiss, the Reaper. 23-22, the Tigers beat the Bunnies. In front of only 14,000 at Combank. The crowds are good again all weekend, actually. There's a couple of yeah, uh, 25, 28, 35 plus. plus at the Roosters Dragons. And I believe t- 26,000 about at the Storm Warriors game. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Nice. So we had Tigers 23, Souths 22, four tries apiece, three out of four conversions for both teams, one out of three field goal attempts for the Tigers, and one uh, a zero out of one two-point field goal attempts for the Tigers, uh, and a missed field goal by South Sydney. 95% completion from the Tigers team with 46 out of 48 sets, 69% completion for Souths with 25 out of 36 sets, three line breaks from both teams, 33 tackle busts, Played 16 from Souths, 8 offloads to 6, 3 force dropouts to 1, 0 40 20s, 335 tackles made by the Tigers, 412 made by Souths, 2 ruck infringements to 3, 1 inside the 10 against 2, 4 penalties conceded to 6, 3 errors by the Tigers, 16 by Souths. A sin bin from both teams, Little made 49 tackles, Murray made 66, Mamalo made 179 metres. And uh, who have we got here? Colin Matungi made 205 metres. Brooks missed four tackles, made 19. Burgess missed five tackles, but made 34. Keon Matungi 111 supercoach points. Nofaluma with 102. And Murray with 82. Now, the one you missed there is Alex Seifarth also made 49 tackles. He was yeah, fantastic. Right. Jeez, he was good. Um, Go on. How good is it to be happy? I was Go saying, on. Jeez, <laughs> it's good to beat Souths. Um, and, oh, like I did last week, I'll preface this by saying Souths weren't very good. Uh, but also, 
I've come around to Souths and I had a feeling the about this. The defence was okay though. Which you, you made them work the really, thing is, really hard. Yeah, and, and well, I'll get back to Tugs. But again with Souths, I now think the form is the form and you treat Souths. I'll tip Cowboys against Souths tomorrow. Uh, Souths? I think I, Cody, Cody Walker was dangerous for about 15 minutes. You thought, oh, here we go. He's about to tear us an asshole. And didn't he didn't. Yep. Um, they shut down Cook quite well given how he played the week before. The the bloke I want to rep from South because I don't want to talk about them is Cameron Murray. Like what a freak! Just kept going. He was yep. the only bloke on the field that kept him in the game, and um, their scramble was good. There, like Tigers uh, and maybe another team would have as well could have put on thirty in the first half, but they didn't. But I like the fact. The couple things I liked is that they didn't panic in the first half when they weren't scoring points, and then I like the fact Tigers even four weeks ago. When Twa got binned or when one of those calls late in the game went against us, um, they would have shut up shop and lost by six or eight and that would have been it and they didn't. So I was impressed by that. Obviously, like it's it's not hard to see the effect Jackson Hastings had on the team. Uh, 96, apparently 96 touches in that game. I absolutely which, love watching the way Hastings yeah. demands... Yeah. Where we're going, what we're doing. You get here. You yeah. need to be here. We're and going here, and and it's what, I wish I'd have the Tigers had needed half back for like three years. He does it in defence as years, well. Like he'll be he'll be spotting blokes out, going, "You fucking yeah. push that way. I've got him. Go, go." But at least they've gone. Okay, well we've got our bloke Brooks. You go out there and just do what you do, and it, it's worked. I'm not I'm not necessarily going to, you know. Um, Oh, it's still going to be Luke a tough season. As, um, yeah, yeah, of course. As, you know, the new Brad Fittler. But um, he's been okay. He's got good clean board and no far. He also threw half a dozen very, very poor passes. Um, Brooks. Brooks did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I, 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 I actually look, remarked to the missus, I'm like, how does a first grader throw that many know. fucking passes but they're not even hit the ba- ground? They're, they're not even hitting the ground. They're hitting the ground 10 metres behind, behind the line. People. Yeah, I know. But um, <laughs> look, Hastings on the inside just must be... If Adam Dewey's looming, then hey, happy days. Yeah. So, but the, that was his good. short passing works. Like he he does get in and around, and he makes people make decisions, and he can pop a decent pass. But I, some of the some of the shit when he tries I, to throw that wide. I ball. can't imagine it's coincidence that he's playing twenty minutes of hooker every game. I think it's coming. I think they. I, well, now if Laurie out, maybe Dewey does come back at fullback. But it's big ass to come back and play fullback. Yeah, absolutely. Off uh, an ACL. Um, Him and Noffa might share a bit of time. They might do a bit, but um, surely he slots in at six at some point, which is is cool. Uh, Luciano, fantastic. I would, just want to wrap safe fast. I thought he's. I've yeah, called Josh Caron the Wolverine before, but he was a little angry, whatever he might be. Horny, <laughs> horny Another X Men character. <laughs> um, but um, he. He was making two tackles a set. He was having hit-ups. He was uh, making cover tackles. I would keep him in the first grade. Team. I would. I know he's in the, yeah. off the bench, but I'd, I'd be, be keeping him yeah. at and second row. Uh, Luciano has uh, touched the two Luch. old boys at the front, and, um, too. The two old boys had yeah. fantastic games. And um, and um, I've just forgotten his name. Alex Twile is fantastic again as well. So, you know, we beat South. Happy days. Uh, it was good to see Brooks slot that. It was good to see, like you said, Hastings demanding the ball. And... Uh, we will. It won't be the last game we win this year. Are, are we going to make the eight? Let's wait and see. But 
I think we're better than the Titans. So. <laughs> I think at the moment you probably are too. I'm going to go and have a look at how many tackles Twiles missed this year because the bloke just doesn't it's seem less to miss than five. Has he, he isn't it something like two? Literally, he's literally tackles. missed two he or something. He hasn't missed one in a month or something. He just yeah, does yeah. not miss tackles. Um, they run at him all day too. It's not like he's hiding on a wing and he no. makes four tackles a game. And the, the tackle, he's got one speed, but a lot of time he's tackles. the only bloke that actually bends a line. Yeah, and Tamo's and the same. They've got the one yeah. speed, but they keep trucking. and They just get it and go, right, I'll guess up there. Um South's decision making obviously at the end was terrible. They should have won the game. They absolutely regardless set up for that how they goal. how they three didn't or four set up. Times yep. before they uh, I I you know couldn't I was watching through my hands because I knew it was coming and I just never set up for it. And three or four bad times in that last ten minutes that they should have, and, and then Jai Arrow was the one who took the kick. <laughs> and all of us talked about what a loss Adam Rams would be, as is everyone. And I can't like I don't think we ever thought it'd be actually this bad. But, but even um, but even in that game. Latrell's a miss because no. Latrell probably kicks a field goal there too, and probably slots are from thirty-eight out, Correct. and they don't need to. But they don't need to be in the position to. Or yeah. Latrell would just kick it from ten meters in from touch, and yeah. just because he can. Mm. So, but he's not there. Absolutely. So, the, the, the re, the, so you've got to play it. Realistically, yeah. that's right. He's yeah. not in the team, and he's not for another six weeks. And so know, if he was there, it, he would probably be the one yelling out. at him to go. Get me close enough That's and right. have the shot. But, but have a look at the. But they've forwards. got to figure it out. If yeah. Cameron Murray made sixty-six tackles, yeah. who's not making them? And Cook oh, and, made sixty-five and, and the key, or something. The key is so who's um, not making? Well, there's got to be thing. someone not. Like okay, Cook and Murray are just controlling that middle in defence and in attack realistically. Because apart from Keon Kulamatungi, there was nobody really making any impact with the ball in hand yeah. going through the middle for South. They're a, fo- they're a, they're a middle short South. Right, definitely a middle, middle short. short well, to be de- honest, definitely one. Yeah. Quality middle short, and they're probably an outside back short. Realistically, yeah, they brought back this week, which we'll get to. But this, it's not the answer. They, yeah. they um, hundred percent a middle short, and they're about to lose. I think Mawali and someone else got injured or, or didn't pull up well out of that game. So, your thought? Anyone else got more thoughts here? One of the one of the best performances I've seen out of the Tigers forward pack for a long time. I thought they were extremely tough all across the field. There was times in this game where Souths were pouring on the pressure for 10, 15-minute periods, and they could have and should have cracked. Three weeks ago, they would have cracked seven times, and they would have lost by 30 points. But they just kept hanging on. They kept turning up for each other. Their scramble defence is improving. Um, It might have something to do with... Uh, Peachy not being there, running across field and missing people completely, but (laughs) who knows? Um... As I said, they, I thought they all stood up. Twal, Tamo, often Gowie was pretty good in this game as well, but Safarth I thought was probably the pick out of the Tigers' pack. Um, no Tuolangi and Luciano realistically was good, but he was still quite, he was quiet yeah. compared to some of the games that yeah. he's played during this year. Uh, I just thought that was a really good um, performance out of the Tigers' middles, and they seemed to knock Souths off their game. They just... They weren't getting the go forward. They so Cook wasn't involved. There was no fast play the balls for South, so they're playing off the back of stagnant football, which shows up the likes of Ilias and Walker because they don't have the time and space to do what they were doing last year. And um, I think Souths are going to battle for the rest of this season. I've got I've got some severe question but marks even, going around. Even with them. there was I think two or three times in that game where they did have a left side overlap, and mm-hmm. they didn't know it, like they still couldn't execute. Last year they would have done it in their sleep. Yeah, and they couldn't get it. As you said, they could not get their back line to fire even when they did have opportunities. Uh, the ball movement seems quite slow compared to what it has been in previous years for Souths. I'm sure they'll come out and blow someone off the field in the next couple of weeks, but... Um, Why do they play the Titans? Their, best hope, now, their best hope now is they'll be the team that 
scrapes into eighth because they win the last five because they'll get Latrell back and get through Origin, the back of the year. and they might they might fire up. I think Murray and Cook were the only reason Souths didn't run rampage through the middle and score another twenty points. I think um, yeah, Tigers I thought were a much better team in this and probably were unlucky to only win by one point at the yeah, back end of the game. I agree. So. What do you say, Gummy? Yeah, I'll, look, it's all been covered. I, you know, the Tigers' effort across the field was really good. Like they. They're a different team to what we saw for the first five weeks, four yeah. or five weeks in the comp. It's just all round effort, and that comes down to Barney just mentioned, like the scramble and stuff like that. Like four weeks ago, they weren't scrambling to get to blokes that they probably shouldn't get to. So the effort's there, and and I guess you get a bit of confidence with a win, and Hastings has given them confidence and and whatnot. So. Look, roster-wise and spine-wise, when Dewey comes into the team, the Tigers probably match it with those middle teams mm. that we're talking about in terms of, you know, you've got your tops and your bottoms and, and Tigers probably match it with those middle teams in terms of what they've got. South's 16 errors, that you're just not giving yourself a chance. Yeah. Like, but they were, you know, they were screwed. Like the, the work they had to do through the middle... Well, in terms of that, but, but the, they, the they had to do the work because and, of the errors the, that they, they made. The yeah, forward pack wasn't dominant last year, but they had a Reynolds 60-metre kick at the end of a lot of sets and yep. a, and an amazing line speed. And they did they found a line speed for mm, 20 minutes, but yeah. there wasn't... But if you're, if you're making 16 errors, you're okay, not yeah. beating anyone. No, that's right. You, you really, you're not beating anybody. Yeah. And especially the game, the Tigers made two. So, you know, a normal game, the Tigers might have made eight, and if South makes 16, South still probably win. Well, but it was 16 errors to two. Shot. South was still Obviously. in the game, and they made 16 errors, and the other team made two, and they've lost by a point. So, yeah. Yeah, you yeah. know, one team, yeah, look, I'm with Barney. I'm not convinced with Souths, but, you know, they'll come out and they'll... So they'll play some team like oh. the Titans or the, the Knights and they'll play them back into form yeah. and, and they'll they'll put 50 on them and then the next couple of weeks they'll build confidence and they'll probably beat a couple of good sides. And, and this thing, to make the eight, like we said, you only have to win 11 games. So well, I'm 11, still confident they're sixth or seventh I, purely I, because of yeah, the other teams I still think that, that are there. Yeah, I still think that they'll make it based on... Well, I think on I had them in seventh the and I said they may miss the eight, so... Yeah. Isn't it amazing that, you you know, the last few years it's been a shallow top six and now it's a shallow top three? Yep. Looking that way, absolutely. Maybe, like, depending... Oh, you throw Paramount I think Parrell they had back. that one bad week, but... Parrell will be back. You know, Anything I think... Uh, mate, Hastings, like... Uh, uh, not seen a team in a very long time completely change their form the way they look because the because of one well. player. It, like the like, whole attitude's changed. Luke Brooks, since he's come back. Jackson Hastings is the best thing that's happened to Luke Brooks in about five years. It <laughs> seems it seems because from all we're hearing, the way they're talking about each other, Hastings has just seemed to bring this confidence back in Luke Brooks and like taking on a, a brunt of the pressure. Like, it's not only Hastings being there for the good of the team, good of himself. He is also seemingly actively improving the form of the one guy that Tigers fans and the media have had a spotlight on for five years. And I guess the spotlight's sort of moving to Hastings and how good he is, and that's helping as well. But uh, I, I don't want to... Big him up too much because it's been two games, but I can no, only course. go. I can only go off of what I've seen, and what I've seen is such an immense 
change in form and the way a team has played because of one player. But even in the two games at the start of the year when they were still losing, he was, he was you could just he see, was he their was best player. The only bloke that was ripping yeah. in they actually tackle went after on, tackle. And the first game they played Melbourne, they went all right yeah. for 60 minutes in that game. So it wasn't the first five games they were shitting yeah. all of them. <laughs> a couple of games they were bad, but in a couple of those games that Hastings played, they were in the game they're, they're for periods game of time, Melbourne. and they went okay. Yeah, they went okay, and, and they probably do beat. Um, they beat, I think, Titans if Hastings yeah. plays. Oh, 100 percent. And they may well have beaten. They got blown away by Newcastle. Another one, Sharks Blues. Sharks Blues so. way, but uh, they'll may and Warriors probably did convincing beaters. Anyway, move on. Well, let's I move don't on think anyone stuff. mentioned Nofaluma. I thought it was one of his better Actually, games for a yeah, while. Didn't. Um, he didn't have any howlers, which he's prone to for most games. But uh, he was really solid and he finished extremely well as well. He's getting so. uh, what Brooks is providing when he gets it right is early clean ball, and when he and gets early clean ball, he's quick enough he to score from the twenty and over people. And, um, yeah. When yeah, two years ago when he was yeah twenty nineteen twenty twenty was at his best. Was that that was what he's getting, uh, and he's got I think four tries the last two weeks. So he's yeah, that's good. Hastings three, Nofaluma with two is what I had, and then I had either Seafarth. Uh, Matangi or Murray for the one. I had Seafarth two, and you know, for, or, and only out of respect for Murray, one. But I'm happy to give one to Nofa. No, we can take Nofa out. That's fine. I'm happy to give one Seifarth to Nofa, but I just want to give a shout to Twal. Yeah, who I would have originally to. had as one, but I'm happy to concede. Yeah, I'm happy with what you go with. Well, really narrowed that down. Um, let's go. <laughs> Murray's. I think Murray's got to get one. The Give Murray yeah, yeah, go on. Murray one. Go on. Give Seifarth two. And 14 or 15 only, hit-ups. And they've only lost by a point. Yeah. In the end, it's not like it was... Give Guildhart three. Put it this way. He, Murray's the only South player he could possibly have given a point to. So Hastings, Seifarth, and Murray. Murray. And no. sorry, Nofa. I'll call him a tongue, maybe. But yeah. Let's plug through. Two... Points. Newcastle scored against Parramatta, who scored 39, Barn. They did. Zero tries to six, zero out of zero conversions, respectively. <laughs> Five out of six for the Eels. Uh, one out of two attempts at field goal for the Eels. One out of... <coughs> excuse me. Two out of two penalty attempts for... One out of one penalty attempt for the Knights, two out of two for the Eels. 67% completions played, 85%. 23 out of 34 sets played... 35 out of 41. 250 plus post-contact metres for the Eels. Two line breaks to 8. 22 tackle busts to 39. Nine offloads to 10. One force dropout to 2. Zero 40 20s. 370 tackles made by Newcastle. 286 by Parramatta. Zero ruck infringements and zero inside the 10s for this game. Uh, five penalties conceded to 4. 11 errors to 6. 41 tackles made by Kurt Mann. 37 by Mahoney. Lee, Edric Lee with 195 metres and Madison with 193. Gay Guy missed six tackles and made 16. Best missed five and made 21. And Arthur missed four and made 20. Papali'i with 123 supercoach points. Mahoney with 103. Lane with 88. And then three more Parramatta players before you get to Tyson Frizzell on 58. Isn't it fantastic? Caelan Ponga's just signed a new $1.2 million contract. Penrith, 39. Um, no, sorry, we'll, Might um, as well be. Is there anything... Like, what do we have to talk about this game? Newcastle offered nothing. It sounded like after the game, Adam O'Brien was about to go to the... What's the bridge in Newcastle? Is there a bridge? There, there, the there is a bridge, yeah. but I forget yeah. what it's called. There is a bridge. Jeez, he didn't. Yeah, uh, <laughs> he sounded very defeated. They've lost Gay Guy now. They've lost um, a couple others through more injury. 
Uh, how are they going to win a game in the next? How are they going to win a game for the rest of the year? Like, how do you explain this performance realistically? Like, like yeah, we foreshadowed that there's there's a lot of lot about Newcastle that's not great, and everyone was talking them up after they won their first two games of the year. Oh, the Clifford sympathise very oh. <laughs> <laughs> I've explained before. <laughs> no, no. Don't let him get to Ollie. <laughs> You know, like we said, there's not a lot of depth in this club. There's issues around their attack. Their halves aren't great. Um, and it was papered over there for a couple of weeks at the start of the year, but it's it's just completely shone through now. There was maybe five blokes having a crack, and there was probably two of them that actually made any impact in this in this entire game for Newcastle. And it was Clemmer and Frizzell. They were the two that made an impact. And there was a couple of others, Mann and Jones, that tried hard, but realistically they did you know they did their work but they did not much else than that they didn't make any line breaks or threaten at all at any time and Parramatta just went back to the way that they play their best football they just steamrolled yeah. through the middle and they could not stop them <laughs> Clemmer tried his ass off so did Frizzell and Mann and Jones tackled their ass off but they just could not stop Parramatta they're way too big way too fast through the middle um, offloads Missed tackles, second phase play, and Parramatta just carved Newcastle to pieces. They they look the worst team in the comp, I, th- I think, this weekend. They look like the worst team running around. So. Yeah. But that's it's been the trajectory since round two. Mm-hmm. And um, it is what it is. I, I can't see anything more to say about it, Gum. Yeah, no, it hit the nail on the head. Para, you know, went came back to show us that they're... You know, a, a legitimate top four team. I know they didn't play much, but they went back to what they they knew and were workmanlike and professionally in what they did. You know, RCGs and Papalii. I thought Ryan Madison was really good again off the bench, playing that playing that sort of role. He, he goes to middle and goes to edge. I think he's sort of roaming around a little bit in terms of that, which makes him dangerous. He, you know, I think he's quite effective in the middle, actually, when he's, he's come on in the middle with a with an offload and some footwork and some, some speed in the in the middle of the field. They've got a pack of mongrels, mate. Big, quick, aggressive yeah. men that enjoy running over the top of yeah. people. Uh, <laughs> they had a pretty enjoyable good, night out. You know, they, they don't play like the other teams play with their 13 sort of ball playing. They know that they don't have a 13 that does that and they're happy with the way they play. Drop it out um, the back occasionally. Yeah, so it's no point, you know, and that's why where some teams but fall into the trap. that's fine when you've got Gutho floating around. Correct. And now you've got Dylan Brown, he's playing centre again next week. You've, and you've got Correct, and that's where some teams fall into the trap of trying to manufacture a 13 that ball plays. And they can't. Well, if you get the roll through the middle, they've got two of the better ball players in their team. You've got Mahoney and Moses, who Correct. are really good, that are doing, have really good passing games. That and on the back, a quick half. play the balls. Yeah. So, so look, the, not much can be said for the Knights. They were, they were poor and, and Para were pretty good. And, you know, they did enough to, to sort of win and get back on the, on the winning track. But, yeah, it was a game. Yeah, well, sh- shock and horror... Um, because um, I'd been told at the start of the year that Newcastle would improve without Mitchell Pearce and be a, a, a solid top eight side, but uh, I'm shocked. But uh, look, Parramatta realistically just sort of ran over the top of this team because they could, because they were offering nothing other than Clemmer and Frizzell. There was really nothing else. And up off the bench, one of the better bench performances I've seen this season was from Ryan Madison. He's done it a couple of times now. I think he's sort of not quietly because he's putting up big numbers and having a real impact on games when he comes on. But you know, if 
at this point, if you had an interchange player of the year, he's up there as a contender just the way he's come back and he's sort of one of Parramatta's better players. And I think it works, him as that impact player. And I think this is probably the best extent it's worked to this week because when Newcastle were getting tired and they weren't offering much anyway, when he came on, he didn't have to do much and he just absolutely destroyed them. Well, he's one of the more interesting off-contract players. Yes. Absolutely. Well, is, is, is he off-contract or player option? Player well, option. Well, yeah, but... Yeah, we've well, it's sort of the same, well, but I'll just... Because yeah. the, the, the male was always, he wanted to go to the dogs. Because his, bro- his, bro- his brother's there, yeah. They well, could do a lot worse. They but could I, do but a I, lot worse. But I think, yeah, but the dogs now probably can't afford Ryan Got Madison. kick out. They've got kick yeah. out. They've got yeah. Pengai Jr. They've got Marnie coming. They probably, you know, they don't need a Ryan Madison. They they need any money that they got now on a seven. Him and his yeah. brother that's might yeah. go up to Redcliffe. It's that simple. They <laughs> well, another they another Ford. Yeah. Well, All they, the Fords. Titans get rid of for feed. I was going to say no. We'll do a trade deal. We'll do yeah. We'll do you know. We'll we'll get his brother too, and his brother can play for Burley Bears or whatever. But um, <laughs> just the fan taking a photo. But um, yeah, they he can play for Burley Bears, and we'll take Madison and. We'll split we'll half the contract with Parramatta for Just a couple of years. Madison could go and play six at the Dolphins and would have put out fucking better numbers than the six and seven out of this Newcastle team. Oh, Newcastle. Christ. I thought you were bringing up That's right. again. <laughs> yeah. But I just thought but that also, was yes. interesting to see what happens with Ryan Madison moving forward. But what did the Newcastle off halves offer? Sweet fuck all in this game. And the next bloke that they've got coming through is Phoenix Crossland. No, 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 no. No, it's, no, it's not Phoenix Crossland. Phoenix Crossland. Well, he's the, he's the bloke who's playing at the moment. And he's, he offers even less than those two that were already out there. So Leave it to the MILF. Leave it <laughs> oh, to milf the MILF yeah, right. to do absolutely nothing. Yes. Actually, what, towards tackles. the end of his time at um, Brisbane, he was putting up good numbers for a few. Yeah. Remember yeah. when he had a few weeks? Can't wait to try and kick 40-20s every set to try and save the rust. <laughs> uh, what are we talking about? Who gets three to you? Who gets yeah, the points yeah. for the power? I had Papa Lee, um, yeah. again, at his destructive best on that right-hand edge. He's an absolute beast. He's him oh, and sorry, Ocal- just to buddy in, sorry. Um, yeah. At the start of the year, you flagged Dylan Brown as a centre. You'd change your mind, you know, and then he's played centre again. How are you thinking with it now? Oh, look, I still think if... If they have a... If six. they've got six and Jake Arthur's going all right at six, Jake's got a lot of work to do, but I think Jake it might be the answer... There and, and play Dylan Brown at, at, at centre where he's running the ball and probably offering you, like, he's big, he's strong, he's fast, he's athletic. So he's, he's probably giving you a bit if they want to play Jake in the team as well because I don't know that... I think that their other options are limited. I, Tom Opacek's not the answer no. there. So I think if, you know... And I know, to O'Brien. play their best 17, Jake Arthur's in there. If he's in their best 17, then Dylan Brown plays centre. No, fair. I'd prefer to see him at six myself. They, but. Um, like Newcastle point to their injury list, but Parra were missing, I think, 11 players as well. So, you know, it's different gravy, isn't it? Every yeah, team so has injuries. Were, were the Bulldogs missing 12 players or something? Well, you're saying? Papali with three. You had Moses with the two. Um, just got them around where they needed to be. And then either Lane or Mahoney for the one. Lane had one of his better games, scored a couple of tries, and Mahoney pretty much got them... Got him good, clean ball. Out of the, out of the two, so. I'd probably go Mahoney, but... I'm happy uh, up to Lane because we do we, we do focus in on on Lane a little bit. But we, do, we have we have ripped yeah. him a few times, but... Is he going to win the Dag Yams, or...? Uh, Mahoney probably had 
he had a bit of he, he set their attack up better, but Lane was the finisher. So, but I think defen- what, defen- what defensively, I think Marnie was Marnie very Marnie strong. A point. Give it to yeah. Reed. All right, Marnie. fine. Thirty-six-six. Yeah. Um, Penrith defeated the Raiders. Stats bar: six tries to one, five out of six conversions, and one out of one for Canberra. A missed field goal attempt by Penrith and one out of one penalty uh, attempts for Penrith. 82% completion played 70%. 38 out of 46 sets played 21 out of 30. 100 plus running metres for Penrith. 250 plus post-contact metres for Penrith. Six line breaks to one. 34 tackle busts to 15. 100 running metres. 1,000 running metres. 250 post-contact metres. Six line breaks to one. 34 tackle busts to 15. 10 offloads to seven. Four force dropouts to zero. One ruck infringement to two. One inside the 10 for both teams. Four penalties conceded by Penrith. 11 by Canberra. Eight errors from both teams. Yo with 33 tackles. Starling with 49. Edwards with 258 running metres. Papali'i for Canberra with 106. Luai missed three tackles, made 11. Valame missed five and made nine. Uh, Huera and Ira missed seven, but he did make 41. So, we should, this was the first of two games. Oh, sorry. Halves missed four each. Savage missed two, didn't make a tackle. Cleary, 158 supercoach points. Crichton, 104. Tapani with 84. This was the first of two games where we saw the game camped in one half. Yes. Uh, different results at the end of it. This was where they did it right. Uh, <laughs> have you ever seen a game where the ball did not leave a half for... For a half? A half? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> I can't like say they half. just pound them. You want to talk about... You talk about all, everything we ever talk about. Speed yeah. and pace and... Uh, line speed and um, big board, da 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 da. They just belted them. They kept them there. Then they pinned them some more, and they pinned them some more, and then they went, "Oh, we're a bit tired now," and they scored. 30 and they points. weren't even at the top of their game for the no. first half an hour, like the <laughs> first forty minutes. This is how many teams do you see in this comp every week? And we're now seven weeks in. How many teams teams you see in this comp across the board that still? have cramps and just fall away at sixty minutes? Yeah, we yeah, saw yeah. it every second game. This. Yep. How, how, how are some coaches, like, I just don't understand how there's such a discrepancy, yes, between talent, but not between coaching philosophies and stuff like that. But then Penrith play the game, like we've said, for two years, death by a thousand cuts. Up, like, but Penrith play the game like that, and Canberra play the game. So if that's their Canberra, well, this is good for good radio. Upward <laughs> <laughs> trajectory, and then the intersecting line intersects at about, uh, very low, 30%. and then stays yeah. 30% <laughs> for the rest of the game. And Penrith, Penrith look fitter, and they might well be fitter, but going back to the point I made earlier, their back five take so much pressure off their yeah. middles mm-hmm. and save so much energy for their middles to defend and hit hard for the game because of their runs. Like May and Tago, Staines, Crichton, Edwards are all hitting it up, and their forwards... Isn't it scary? Their forwards aren't touching the it's, ball. It's not often you, you know. It's not often you talk about teams getting belted and say the scariest thing is they've got two O coming, a winger coming back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's <laughs> what I mean, and I, that was the point I was going to get to. But in terms of that, the, their middles, like we never hear uh, say that Fisher Harris or whatever Destroyed have made a million yeah. runs. Mm. They don't have to. Yeah, they, they're they're fresh for. Defense bending the line and, and back, bending the line back yeah. for for impactful runs. Absolutely. So they're not making yeah. twenty hit ups and sixteen of them they're just running in, falling over and playing the ball. Yeah. They're all hard runs because the back 
five take that much pressure off them? Why aren't the other teams again doing that? Like, and I know he's not that type of player, but I didn't even see Savage get the ball no. as a winger no. for for Canberra and Kotrick. I don't know. He had that many hit ups either. No, he like didn't, I think. in terms of that, or Rapana, or Valame, or Tomoko. Like Penrith, those players for the stats probably had sixty runs, and Canberra blokes probably had ten. Yeah. Like, and it, the the middles just get too tired, and people say, "Well, Penrith look fitter." They might well be fitter, but. The way they point. play makes them look They fitter. help each other out. Yeah, That's absolutely. right. So they don't it, have to do that, the amount of work that the other teams do. Yeah, it's death by a thousand cuts again. Well, I went looking for a different analogy on that one because we use that every other week. So. <laughs> well, it, it, it's almost like at Penrith they have more than five players putting in an effort yeah. every week oh, or something. It's like... Well, like you, you know yeah. what? So well, many teams don't. I tried my analogy, but I use my hands. Oh, we come like up with like it's like one of those big fucking pythons that you see in South America somewhere where it grabs hold of a crocodile. Just, just slowly. Just, yeah. Well, not a crocodile because Canberra's got no attack in him. Like a big fucking <laughs> buffalo that just slowly fucking just a flops around and it just squeezes the life out of him for <laughs> you know, 20 minutes or so and Anacom- the buffalo's going, Anaconda. I might get away here. I've yeah. got half a chance. I'm getting it, you know, yeah. I'm starting to get free and it just squeezes but the, the whole fucking time, life yeah. out of him. The whole time and then it the just, snake knows it's not. Yeah, it just lays down and goes, I've had enough yeah. and it just gets yeah. devoured for the last 40 minutes of the game. Yeah. Like, it was it was exactly what happened. They fucking Canberra were like, oh, we're, we're in this game for 20 minutes and then went, no, we're not in this game. And in the last half an hour, they just went, we're nothing like this fucking football team. We have absolutely nothing. We should just let them fucking do whatever they want because we, go, we can't do anything. <laughs> Penrith just make team their bitches, basically. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, yeah, yeah. Canberra had one player run for over 100 metres in the entire game. That was Josh Papali. He, he ran for 106. No team, the Titans had more players <laughs> run for more metres than that. Like, Well, the two front rowers put in an effort. Tarpany and um, Papali had a crack. For a team on paper that looks like one of the better packs in the comp, and we all mentioned it last year, yeah. they are week by week looking closer to the worst yep. fucking forward pack in the competition yep. at the moment. They have got absolutely nothing. Their defence is soft as. They just get run over through the middle. Um, yeah, the couple of them can run the ball occasionally, but they, they just get trampled through the middle by just about every team in the comp that they've come up against this year. The only yeah. game that they played half decent was the first game of the year where the Sharks were a bit off and, you know, they, they put up a really good effort first game of the year. But ever since then, they've been so far away from it, yeah. decent. That's not funny. And, um, and that's the thing too, right? I sort of said it as a joke before saying Penrith have more than five players who are actually putting an effort. But it's true. Their whole side, can, you can't really, every single week consistently can't say a particular Panthers player had a bad game. At most, they maybe weren't as involved as they have been in the past, but they all put in that effort. And to be honest, we could say what we want about the shitter teams or whatever, but one of the big things for all of them is about half their team at most is putting in a consistent effort for 60 minutes of a game every week. And that's one of the big things that separates Penrith, Melbourne, Cronulla, even Parramatta. From the rest of them. And you go back and put one of the slowest back lines on top of <laughs> one of the forward yeah. backs that are looking that bad at the moment. They could dead set go close to winning the wooden spoon if they keep up doing what they're doing at the moment. Um, Starling, yeah, as you mentioned last week, <laughs> he must be looking for an out, seriously. He was their best player again. Papa Lee, Tarpany were good. Elliot, 
went okay. So did Sutton, but you can't mention anybody else in that team. Staines and Luai were the only two in this Penrith team that probably had a poor game, to be honest. Um, Staines is working his way out we know where of he's this going. team. I think he knows where he's <laughs> more going. More and more, week after and week. Um, Luai just sort of, he just fights around. He doesn't seem, you know, he's happy just to pass it to someone else yep. and just grub it through the line. He doesn't, you know, well, doesn't really need to be involved. Absolutely. Push count. <laughs> and yep. you know, at the end of the day, if he has to, he'll put yeah. it on. But um, the rest of the team were great. Like, there, there wasn't a bad player out there apart from Charlie Staines, in my opinion. And there were some really good ones. And Cleary was ob- the obvious, obvious standout yep. again. Um, he just kicks teams to death. Um, and when he's not doing that, he's running the ball straight at front rowers as well. He doesn't care how big they are, how hard they hit him. He's happy to run at them. Crichton was fantastic again. I think last two weeks he's probably been one of the best players for Penrith. And then... This is sound weird, but he's fulfilling potential now. Yeah. He's now consistently the top. He's always four been good, center. but Brighton. everyone yeah. thought he was going to be very he's a, good. And, he's a New yeah. South Wales centre. Yeah, if now they he don't is. go like with Talakai, and they they still might. They're in but their rights too. I think that Talakai in the next four weeks has got to continue what he's doing. If not, Crichton will be the centre. If Mitchell and Trebojevic aren't playing, and then I had an argument with Yo or Kakao for the one point, but Yeah, he's got to try. Good on him. Yeah, I don't know. He's going to win the Dalian, he, he so might as well get a few He needs another point. point. We'll just give him but, one. It's so sad <laughs> because he gets three. I'd love to see a, a player like Yo win the Dalian medal, but it's not going to fully. Oh, maybe it'll be it'll Cleary be so for years Cleary and years. Might of, get an injury or something. Yeah, <laughs> we'll see. We'll Fourteen, see. twelve. Uh, let's let's push for that because yeah. we'll yeah, yeah, yeah. a little bit more. This is a bit more interesting. Fourteen, twelve. Dragons over the Roosters at Anzac Day at the SCG. Yes, it was. This was another game that was spent completely camped in one half, and they had no idea what to do once they got in that half. It was a bit mind-blowing, to be honest. It, was, it is, and it's been week after week for it's now, however again, many weeks to use now. My line, the form is now the form, and it's like... I, I don't I, see I can't how they imagine, snap out of it. I can't imagine them um, dropping either half, and no. especially because the one you would drop is the senior... They've got to but get them yeah. to start straight. No, they've got to get them to start running straight, but or at least you know that you have know someone you, on the inside. You know, who's a godsend for them next year is the cheese because yeah, that's exactly absolutely. what they need. Yeah. But um, give us some stats. Yeah, we had two two tries for both teams, two out of two conversions for both teams, and one out of one penalty attempt for the Dragons. Seventy five percent completion played, sixty five percent. Thirty out of forty sets played, twenty nine out of forty four. Four line breaks to seven. Thirty four tackle busts to thirty eight. Nine offloads to eleven. Three force dropouts by the Roosters, one forty twenty. Three hundred and nineteen tackles played three oh the forty twenty was for the Dragons. Three hundred and nineteen tackles played three hundred and seventy seven. Four ruck infringements against the Dragons, five penalties conceded to four. Ten errors to sixteen from the Roosters. McCulloch made thirty nine tackles, Verrills with fifty. Laurie made 129 metres and Tedesco made 312. And I think 100 of them were running around in circles. <laughs> Hunt missed six tackles, made 14. Lomax missed four and made 16. Manu missed eight and made 19. Manu with 100 supercoach points, Tupanua with 84, and Teddy and Molo from the Dragons on 76 points. Jump, what's going on? I think that they've got three people potentially... Wanting to run the team, and I don't know that anyone is. I don't yeah. know that at the moment that, and I think that at the moment that they've just got to say, Kiri, you run the team, 
and they may have said, Trent Robinson may have said that, but Barney's right, Tedesco running around in circles. If if you picked an origin team purely on form, Tedesco doesn't make the team. Like, he, he's going well, but yeah. he's not going better than Pappenhausen or, or even a Dylan Edwards. He's Give not him play- the opportunities he, that those two are getting. That's, <laughs> that's another I, story. I, I agree, but I mean yeah. that at the moment... If you're picking we, a form, we want you, to talk no, about you can't pick. You can't not pick Pappenhausen. Your involvement no, you as well. Your involvements have got to be when you're a fullback more impactful. There are too like many it, involvements. It, it, there's yeah. too many involvements that are nothing involvements from Tedesco, as far as I'm concerned. And he's probably got to step back and inject himself into the game yep. a little bit more. Like we say, Latrell doesn't do it enough, but when he does it, it's impactful. Yeah. So there's got to be that that happy medium. Latrell will go right. I, I'm going to chat for this ball. I'm going to run straight over that geek, and I'm going to score a try. And that's what happens. Correct. And look, and look. I think Joey Manu is a great player, but he won't pass the ball. Like he, mm. and I know he's a centre, but the wing Suwali don't get the ball. Yeah. Outside Manu, um, I think the forwards are on. Like they've they're two props. Coming to the end of their career, Takiaho's so, yeah. going at the end of the year, and, and oh, JWH. I don't understand how Takiaho. How old is he? I don't think he's that old. I think he's twenty. I don't think he's hit thirty well, yet. But he, well, he's, he's, their best, he's, he's their best forward by yeah. daylight, but, and, and he's, he's come off the bench. But he's, gone he's going. Next year. Yeah. So he was the only player that got them going straight. In terms of that, long. like they've got Tupanua and that on the edges who are good to, in attack, but still defensively. Yeah. You know, the Dragons w- were good, but still. In the forwards, I don't know how they win a forward battle, as I've said before, with their size, but they did. They they won the well. They didn't lose it. Put it. They they may yeah, not have yeah. won it, but they didn't lose that forward battle. Um, ben Hunt was amazing. Yep. Um, as we sort of said, when St George win games, Ben Hunt will get three points. Um, it stands to reason, but I think that they had a lot of other contributors as well. Um, you know, we we. Lambasted Griffin a bit with selections and whatnot, but they've won their last two. So whether it's convincing or not, he, I guess he's justified in in some selections yeah. in, in terms of that. But look, they they weren't great, and the Roosters, if if they had a clue in attack, they'd have probably won yeah. by thirty. They should have won by and thirty. They should have. They probably should have won by thirty points. But they would have won by thirty last year without Kiri on the field. Yep. Well, well, that's what we would have. And we, we were, were talking about it earlier. Yeah. Last year, if it was just Tedesco, Manu, Walker, they win yeah. by 30. But, but yeah, and that's the thing Gump and I were talking about on our Probably little, with Kieran playing yeah. dummy half or something. Our little... When we had our date. Our little dinner like, date, we were talking about it. The Roosters still managed to Fo- run... FOMO. They still <laughs> managed to run fifth without Kiri for the majority of the year. Yep. With all due respect to Drew Hutchinson, Gump summed it up perfectly. He is a first grader. That's about it. With Sam Walker beside him for the majority of the year, they still managed to run fifth. They've still got that good side around him. I feel like as well, but James Tedesco, to the detriment of the side, is still doing too much, and that was on display in this one, I think. And you know, you It know was what? probably his best performance yeah. for the season, to yeah, be honest. But, but it's but to the detriment of the team as a whole. Well, you'd have thought, Kiri, coming back, right? You guys yeah. all tipped the Roosters to win the comp on the strength of blokes coming back into the yeah. team, and, right? Yeah. At the moment... They're not going to finish higher than they finished last year. No, they not. finished yeah. fifth last year. Yeah. At, but look at, at, at this point in time, when we're going on form, as Daggy said, 
they're not going to finish top four. But look at Kiri when he was at his best before yeah. he copped his injury. He was playing like Kieran Foran's playing at the moment. It was always that left step, straighten back up, yep. run into the line, and then have options Going on either short side. Sides and, and at the moment, it's that sweep out the back and just pick up his men on the outside, and it goes nowhere. They get pushed over the sideline. We flagged it last week, the, the issues that the Roosters have. Um, the, the side-to-side attack without anyone straightening it up through the middle. Some really sloppy, unorganised defence in the middle. Um, I haven't seen that out of a Roosters team since, well, before Robbo got there, to be honest. Yeah. Um, there's, they're getting cut open by some average front rowers. <laughs> you look at this front row squad, you would not expect them to be Josh punching was holes. A was, yeah, you oh. wouldn't expect them to be punching oh, yeah, holes through the Roosters' middle, and they were. Um, and they, Especially that first half an hour, the Roosters were on the back foot because they had... Radley and <laughs> Weir Hargraves, who were their best two defenders, yeah, tackle bus from on, on the bench. Um, yeah, they they need to start providing some more options to their their halves and their back rowers. Just run that same line, that forty five degree angle out to the edges, and that it's not doing anything for anyone. So, until they start doing something different, attack. This is probably the way that their season's going to keep going, unless they change up something. Mid season bold prediction: they ship off Kiri to the Dolphins. Well, I was going to say, the, the last time the Roosters really had a, a, a the big... The Dolphins need a, yeah, a name? They do. They Well, yeah, the last time the Roosters really had a big issue with their halves not gelling or whatever, they ended up winning the comp. That's the only reason I'm a bit tentative. Then again, when that happened, one of the halves was Cooper Cronk. So you take that into consideration. The last thing I sort of want to say on the Roosters is, at the moment, Siwa Takeaho easily by far wins their Player of the Year. In that squad, should he be winning Player of the Year? Of course not. No, but no, he's had an amazing year, and he is one of the players that they're booting at the end of the season. So it is mind blowing to think that Mo Fotoweka and Takiyaho are bench players. Yep. But the Roosters still should imagine having both of them starting and prop for any team. I'll take Takiyaho. I'll, I'll take both of them. I'll Titans well, take yeah. our next year, please. I didn't realise hey, no, it's only in this game because Ganane went on about for forty-eight minutes about Takiyas going to the UK next year. Well, um, the Roosters still should have snatched this game at the back end. They looked like the far better attacking team yeah. in the last ten minutes, and they had opportunities. If Tupu had just pinned his ears back and gone instead of trying to flop that pass over the back, they got touched down. I think he scores in the corner, and they probably win. And then you know. We still, we still would have been saying this, but the rest of the media wouldn't have been yeah. saying this kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, we still would have mentioned it because I think we watch it a little bit closer than most people do. And that's why but we're the Roosters Player of the Year. <laughs> the Dragons, on the other hand, were very controlled and direct yep. um, with their play. They went through the middle. Uh, they didn't go side to side that often. When they did get out wide, they straightened up and tried to cut back in and make holes in the middle. But their attack's not as good as... The better teams in the comp. Um, Tupinor was getting the ball <coughs> in shit, worse and worse positions every week. He's that, it was that wide half the time, uh, and he did a pretty good job. Well, he did what he could, but he like, he's getting the ball three metres in from touch half the time now. It's ridiculous. Yeah, the Dragons don't have anyone that's explosive or really strong enough to sort of bust people open. They did do it. The best thing, is that, well, the best game, thing for as a Tigers fan is Bird and Sewer are gone. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's pretty true. Um their middle defence was really good, but it did tire at the end of the game. And But the Roosters never seemed to make any sort of forward momentum unless it was off the back of a mistake from the Dragons. Most of the time it was Teddy swooping on a ball that's been dropped and then making 30 or 40 metres and zigzagging around a couple of players. But 
yeah, um, there's some concerns for both these teams. I think they probably get, if they play like this, they get smacked by most of the other teams in the comp um, going through, through the rest of the season. I thought um, Crichton and Wirra Hargraves were disappointing considering, you know, they're standing in the game. Collins and Takiaho were okay. Um, Takiaho was probably better than okay. Satili and Verrills were pretty good. And Manu and Teddy, but yeah, the Roosters struggled and they're going to keep struggling by the looks of it. Suli and Figai were probably the better players on the field for the Dragons. Um, they had limited opportunities, but when they did have it, they were pretty good. Mbai were pretty, was pretty poor. Um, Lomax and Ravalawa were probably the only blokes that really threatened the line and looked like setting up points for the Dragons, but... Hunt got him through with the, on the back of it, and I thought DeBellin was probably DeBellin's best game of the year. Yeah, yeah, I have nothing else to add. I had Hunt with three, Teddy with two, and I had Jack DeBellin with one. But yeah, sure. Yep, let's all move on. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we talk about uh, teams that go like this, but um, <laughs> yeah, those hand movements are good. Up, especially when you don't have the camera. <laughs> yeah, I know. Anyway, Melbourne uh, did like Penrith. They get better and better and better. And then, as you said, the Buffalo was dead. Not only was the Buffalo <laughs> dead, the Anaconda stood over it. it. it <laughs> the Anaconda stood over it and threw it up for had fun. Its way with it for a while. But um, seventy to ten was the score, David. Oh mate, thirteen tries to two, seven out of thirteen conversions. So there's another 10 points there that they missed. One out of two for the Warriors. Two out of two penalty attempts for the Storm. 88% completion played 73, which equated to 37 out of 42 sets, played 19 out of 26. 1,300-plus running metres and 350-plus post-contact metres for the Storm. 11 line breaks to two. 41 tackle busts to 14. Nine offloads to seven. A forced dropout from both teams. 189 tackles is all that the Storm had to make in this game compared to 351 from the Warriors. Is that a record low? Can you remember, <laughs> pretty fucking can you remember Evers under 200? Yeah, 200. No, uh, you think Murray and Cook made 66 each? Two ruck infringements by the Warriors, zero inside the 10, six penalties conceded to seven, six errors to nine. King made 39 tackles, Tavanga with 46. Ollum with 202 running metres and Lodge with 113. Jesse Bromwich missed three tackles, made 11. Walsh missed six and made six. And Sirenen missed five and made 24. Uh, Pappenhausen with 155 supercoach points. Coates with 123. Munster with 110. Hughes with 108. And then five other, five other Storm players before you got down to Jazz Tavanga with 58 for the Warriors. I just want to thank Danon, who spent the whole day spooking me about leaving the captaincy on Pappenhausen, so I took it off him. <laughs> and didn't that end well. Anyway, um, Melbourne are a good football team. Who knew? Uh, last week you said that they have the fastest spy in the comp. They showed that. They showed they have some of the far, the two outs, probably two of the fastest, what, five wingers in the comp. Uh, they play up-tempo, they smash these people, and <laughs> it was just... The Warriors did hang tough for half an hour, and they <laughs> looked like, like they I were sort of in the game like for, I said, for half what, an hour. 28 minutes but ago that, um, yeah, when, put, when it actually, the foot goes to the pedal when they get that fifth gear that Gump mentions, it's... Um, was no, that, they can't yeah, keep up with What them. was it, 20 minutes in the first 15 minutes of the second half, and then the Warriors... 
to a man just went, fuck this, I don't want to be here anymore. Yeah. <laughs> just have your way with me <laughs> and be done. <laughs> 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 just call me an Uber. <laughs> Literally, uh, yeah, it, it was like that. I, I don't even know how to sum this the game most up. Most attacking, a potent attacking team in the comp and they just absolutely took the piss. <laughs> it was they, they ran and they ran and they ran and then when they didn't get through when they were running they kicked it to one of the tallest blokes in the company jumped over people and yeah. scored tries it was just fucking farcical <laughs> what they did to this fucking team and if the Warriors win one or two games for the rest of this season I'll be very surprised because they'll be waking up I'll with be. fucking nightmares three. for the rest of the season <laughs> or they, maybe might, they might not I think the scars from this are huge Possible you have seventy spoon. points scored against you. It's just, it's just. I don't remember a seventy. No. There's been a few in the sixties, yeah. but seventy and could have been eighty if they kicked decent. And it was well. fifty-six or something in fifty-four for forty points minutes. In the second yeah. half, but they scored ten. <laughs> so in the second half, they scored ten tries. That's a try every four minutes. A set takes one minute. So, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. like, so it, it's nearly. It would every have been time a they touch here and so there, there and four tries, <laughs> they probably only had seventeen sets. They did say touch it three times and scored. Fucking <laughs> yeah. every time. It's literally going to be up. like they'd, they'd bring the yeah, they'd kick off. I'd go. Uh, I'd go. I'd Hit up, go. spread it, spread it, try. <laughs> <laughs> a couple of times. Coach nearly had the record for fastest hat trick as well. I went to um, I went and tucked the kids in. Uh, and they won thirty points. Okay. <laughs> um, what if we if we're going to talk? Like, what can we actually like? Is there any serious analysis we take from this? Pappenhausen running the ball is one of the best sides in the game. Um, the and way his confidence is back, and he's so direct we, as well. He doesn't run the sweep line realistically. He just straightens up and runs straight, straight at it, and yeah. just if you can stop me, stop me, and, and, run, and runs at holes. Yeah, and he's got yeah. great footwork. He's lightning pace. Um, he just lights up the field when he's on and. Um, cheese coming off the bench. <laughs> You've got fucking Brandon Smith coming off the bench and also just taking the pierce pace and short balls, little grubbers. Broken Ollie. Bouncing <laughs> over the top of people. Fuck. What yeah. I can't. I, I, I can't. And snapping I, blokes in half as well in defence. Min- 20 minutes ago, um, Harry Grant just going, you play hooker for yeah, cheese. I've stand had enough. He was standing centre for the second <laughs> half. I, I know it's shit to blame one bloke. But poor old Ed, Ed Cozzi, I think he's played his last game because I don't think he caught a ball. No. He, the, he dropped one with the line wide open, and then Pappy picked it up, and Hughes scored, yeah. and that sort of opened. He the dropped one and then fell on his head trying to pick it up, <laughs> didn't he? And, and, and the kicks, he was given the old Ole in defence as well. <laughs> the, you know, putting the, 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 the ball for the ball. Yeah. <laughs> sort of <laughs> 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 yeah. I just had to get Ole there. Of the week. I enjoyed seeing Meanie have a night out. Um, yeah. the, that bloke deserves what a life a good, he's living now he deserves <laughs> a good crack at, he deserves a good crack at first grade I know he's a bit smaller and all the rest of it but he has a crack and he, the Bulldogs will probably he's got him. good footwork good pace and yeah it was good to see him have a night out on an edge as well but that's why I don't pick the Warriors just I I said at the start of the year I did, I've tipped them once and they won that's I'm done and that's why I don't because they just 
I had the one, the six, and the seven for three, two, one, and then you could have had the nine, the fourteen, yeah, yeah, yeah. the five, one, the six, two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just, just for the record, Pappenhausen Munster. Yeah. The, the, <laughs> the only serious analysis I can give this game is what Barney said in terms of the best running spine in the comp, Melbourne. That was on full display on this night because the rest of the team didn't actually have to do a whole lot because their spine was running and giving them the ball and they would score. All I can say other than that is it's tied Melbourne's highest ever win. It is the biggest loss in Warriors club history and it is the second largest amount of points a single team has scored in one half of football. The largest amount, you've got to go back to 1935 where the Dragons scored 68 points in the second half against the Bulldogs. Now, that might, for some fans, What's the score in be that test similar. Match where Australia beat, um, like it was Russia, I think, in the 2000 World Cup. Yeah. But <laughs> it, it, in terms of a club game in, the, yeah. in rugby league, and it, uh, to some people, that might be sort of familiar because it is famously the biggest margin and biggest point scoring haul we've ever seen in Australian Rugby League where the Dragons beat the Bulldogs 91 points to 6 so if you're second to that you've you've done a good job well this is the thing we're just talking off air about teams Melbourne are going to put points through but we, we sort of say we say that there's oh yeah there's a mix of these 8 teams and these there's literally a mix of four teams and about 14 ten. teams it's yeah. like yeah. not it's oh, well What's a mess? 10, 12. It's, it's, um, the pool's getting bigger of the lesser teams. But M- Melbourne teams are, are going backwards. Yeah. And then the other issue is that there's, um, we won't drag this out in the air, but they're the same first grade coach has been coaching for 20 years. Like, yep. there's no fresh blood. It's all same. I'd like, wh- who's going to, who's going to be the first to just roll the dice and gamble with some fresh blood and see what happens? There's one team that's currently doing it, and they're running third, and probably the closest to a penalty for Melbourne. But like yeah. honestly, and like Ricky Stewart, Nathan Brown, he's got to go. Both got to go. Um, yeah. Colebrook was fresh, but has it. Trent uh, Barrett, um, Michael Maguire to the extent there. Uh, you can keep going. Dimitri's fresh, you know, so we'll give him a bit of a break. I'll put the I'll rest put of them. What are they offering, and what's yeah. what are they going to offer that's different to what they're giving to an existing squad? None of us can answer it. We can't answer it. What's going to happen? Like in, in five years' time, if Ricky Stewart's coaching this Raiders team, is he going to comp? Well, at least is Nathan I, Brown going to lead the yeah. Warriors to a comp? No. Is Michael McGuire lead the Tigers to a comp? No. Not right no. now. No. Todd Payton's at least fresh, uh, and they, they've improved. You hear from a lot of para fans that they don't think even Brad Arthur's oh. going to lead them to a comp. Jeez, so. they hate him a lot. Don't they? <laughs> Jeez, they hate, like, they stuck sold of Dylan Brown, but God, they hate Brad Arthur. <laughs> Brown should probably coach. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. You can keep listing him. Mm-hmm. It's... Anyway, what, am I, like, what, what we have an answer, I'm just saying, like, yeah. how does this... What's going to change? Anyway, um, we need to do some um, voting stuffs. Uh, have you got a brace of the week, Oliver? My brace of the week is going to go to Justin Holbrook, I think, maybe for the third time in four weeks because for feeder to centre, once again thinking it's the smart idea to start Mo off the bench even though he's done it a thousand times in the past two years and it's never worked. Oh, sorry, Mo still had a really good game, but the rest of the team's been shit. So it doesn't work. Moving for feeder further out from the play doesn't work. He's my brace. Barney? Oh, well, I had a toss-up with two. I'll leave one because I think I know where one's going. So mine, I'm going to go with Tyson Gamble. 
Uh, he looks every time he takes a field, he looks less and less of a first grader. In this game, he what he make? He missed six or seven tackles. Every time he touched the ball, there was either an error on the back of it, or he basically put his hands up in the air and went, "What the fuck am I meant to do here?" and just kicked it or passed it to somebody else because he had no idea what he was doing in that Broncos attack. Warriors, I'm not going to single out a player. I, <laughs> I could, but I won't. The Warriors are just imposters. They're terrible. Uh, I don't make it the Raiders for the same reason. What am I going to say? Like the Raiders, but... What a matchup this week. <laughs> there it is. But, uh, Please, someone, ask me to do something at 3pm on Saturday. Pick the draw. Um, <laughs> last time I did, they... Yeah, but there are some there are some coaches now that are very much on the radar. Slaps, 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 slaps. I'm going to have my slaps in Newcastle Knights. Like, what a farce is going out there. Their football team's shambles. They've obviously got no priority apart from um, giving A. Ponga what he wants to mm. actually running a football team. They're, how are they going to fin- improve, to my point, how like, what's Adam O'Brien going to do for them in the next five years? Don't know. Um, good on Palin for get uh, Palin. Good on Kalen for getting a payday. Is what I was trying to say. Cha-ching. But what's the uh, like? And a, and a player of there's that thing like a, if you're a different player, wouldn't you go to a new club as a marquee man on 300k less and maybe make a name for yourself? But unless they've promised him six and you know his plan is to play six and run the club because they they need well, the six, he- but. Probably will. I don't know. I would imagine that's probably what they're looking at, but unless and they've what? got someone coming and in. And he gets to be a, the highest paid six that does fuck all. Yeah. <laughs> probably. Cool. Seriously, what else Might do have want? more effect on that sweet play just because he gets his hands yeah. on the ball a little bit earlier and he, he gets to make that decision. Just throw it one to Texas Phoenix in, and it'll be party time. Yeah. Funny. <laughs> My slap is Sexton, Toby Sexton. That's the worst game, as I said, that I've seen him play in his career. He um he had one run, he missed six tackles, made 11, and basically all he did was kick all night. He did not seem interested at all in playing that game of football on the weekend. So, I'm giving my slap Sammy Valame. He's not a... He's lucky if he's a first-grade winger, and he's not a first-grade centre. He, he just misses tackles. He puts a couple of good shots on, but that doesn't a first-grader make. So, Sammy Valame. Yep. I'm going to slap the Roosters because most of us had them win in the comp at the start of the year. They have been quite clunky, still on paper, and they still have the ability to have a strong run, possibly finish in the top four, whatever, but they should be going a lot better than they are right now. Things obviously aren't working at the moment, so I'm giving them a slap, and hopefully it slaps them into gear so I don't look like a complete nutter dickhead at the end of the year when they don't win the comp and finish 10th like Canberra did when I tipped them to win the comp. Uh And you salute. Finish on a good one. You know, I'm going to go back to Fox League again with my salute. I'm going to salute Fox League for once again bringing back the Cooper and Maddie show or the Maddie Johns podcast with Cooper Cronk because it is literally such a difference in the programming compared to everything else. I'm not saying it's bad, but realistically, on a rugby league dedicated channel, you should have a show dedicated to actually speaking about tactics and how the game actually works. And just hearing those two speak, you could tell they're the best two analysts they've got. And they're giving them half an hour to actually speak about the game, and I've enjoyed the return so far. Good call. I'm going to salute Ben Hunt. Like he, for a team that doesn't go forward and and aren't big, he still plays big and does, makes crucial plays where halfbacks for other teams. The excuse is, oh well, our, half, our forwards weren't going forward, so our half is not effective. Ben Hunt still proves to be effective when 
his forwards very rarely win the battle. And 50% of the time, Ben Hunt still is effective and does quality things for his football team. Absolutely agree with that. Um, oh, the two most destructive ball runners on the weekend, it's hard to go past Pappenhausen and Talakai. Ball in hand, they are absolute, an absolute enjoyment to watch and I hope we see more of it through the rest of the year. Yeah, fantastic. Um, just because I haven't got to do this in two and a half years or three years of this show, I'm going to salute Luke Brooks. <laughs> I was yes. going to, but I left it for you. Slotting a drop kick, I can finally salute him after three years of just slapping and slapping and slapping. <laughs> and where did he slot it? It's right down the hay diddle diddle. <laughs> On that note, check out rugbyleaguemerch.com. Uh, just dot com. Com, yep. Get all your gear there, and footy and frothy's gear. You can find that, hats, beanies, steins, all sorts of goodies. I got my limited edition yellow rimmed hat the other day, but there's steins, there's carings. There's an old Andrew Voss stuff. range as well. There is, they do have an Andrew Voss range. Or, or do they actually? I haven't seen it. Yeah, you, you can buy a hate straight down there. There's about eight shirt. different shirts with his yeah, um, favourite slogans on there. I was getting one for your birthday. I'm, I'm, I'm about to give Scotty the mortgage. Oh, there we go. But uh, that exists. You can go and get that. All pro, uh, proceeds from, I won't say all proceeds, some of the proceeds go to the men in league. Um, subscribe, find us on socials, and uh, we will talk to you very soon. Catch you guys.